Sanity Safe Space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Oh, this is so crazy. What? This is the world right now. I just want to check out and I can't. I wake up every day and I'm like, oh, I guess I have to deal with this. Well, what's got you down now? The Seattle thing? The Seattle shit. It's like another American city is going to be totally destroyed. I don't know. I don't know the extent to this, but apparently they're closing the King County Jail. <laughs> so I haven't looked into this at all. I just saw it on Tucker. It's just the the purge in Seattle. I mean, it might as well be. It's it's that close anyway. But I guess all of the um, people that work in prisons and POs and everything are just expecting for mass layoffs. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, anyway, um, if you're new to the show, welcome to the call-in show. If you'd like to participate, there is a link uh, in the YouTube description to the Discord server on which we host the show. That was the other update I had. Discord, another week. Discord has not banned us. I did get an email earlier in the week because I had wow. asked them. I said, why the hell is it my responsibility to enforce your terms of service? That's dumb. And they yeah. responded to me and, say, and said, to clarify, it is your responsibility to uphold our TOS. And I said, when do I collect my How? check? Are you paying me for this labor? Where, where's the check to enforce your rules? How are we even supposed to do that? And that was six days ago. And I've heard, I've heard nothing, nothing yet. But for some reason, it's my responsibility to enforce Discord rules. Not this week, at least. The show lives on. For another week, if you get into the Discord server, the uh, rules we've been operating with lately, you put your name in the roll call between uh, 10 minutes before live and live time. And uh, then I randomize the names and we go in a random order. And I've been liking that. I like mixing up the callers. So I hope uh, everybody's been enjoying that format. We'll carry on with it. And then uh, we'll go in the order that I post into the Discord uh, lobby there. Uh, Please keep your call to two or three minutes as a gesture of courtesy to your fellow callers. And we'll get through as many as we can. We'll stop every half hour to check in on Super Chat on YouTube, Streamlabs, and DLive. And of course, if you'd like to participate in the show, but you're having trouble getting in or you can't participate live, send us an email. That's beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. Put call in show question in the subject line and we will respond to it in the last segment of the show, starting about 90 minutes. Anything else before we hop into the callers? No, it's fine. <laughs> you're, you're sounding blackpilled even for you. That's that's how rough it's been lately. Yeah. I mean, I just do you see a way out of this? Uh, I'm trying to enjoy the entertainment as much as possible from afar, because frankly, I don't have a lot of this stuff going on here. And I, I suspect you probably don't yet in your neck of the woods, but it's closer. No, but I'm seeing a lot of masks. Well, I'll take masks over uh, the perch, over free yeah, crime for that's everyone. that's true. But there's something perverse about seeing everybody in masks and still everybody kind of acting like this is normal. Like we went to dinner yesterday and we had to socially distance outside and like everybody was wearing masks that wasn't eating. And I was just like, are we, are we just going to act like this is normal? It's fucking normal. I guess. We'll see how long this lasts. I, the lockdown patience did not last very long. I don't think this patience is going to last very long either. Mm. First up tonight, though, 
is uh, Lucky Dell. We get the mod update right away. Dell, you there? D Live is down. Is it? No, 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 don't blame me. Now you're trying to blame me for that, aren't you? No, it's I did fault. not. I had nothing to do with it, and mod's been in the double wide all day. <laughs> down, you say? Well, let me. Uh, we'll get the. Uh, let's get the mod update, and I'll see if I can work my technical wizard wizardry and see what's going on. So, uh, yeah. Hey, how y'all doing this week? Nah. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm doing well. How are you, Dell? Doing all right. Uh, like I said last week, the mod autonom autonomous zone, you know, mod Adishu has been finally dismantled. <laughs> it's all gone. How all, do it took it? Was four, all it took was four pounds of barbecue and a DVD box set of the complete Ric Flair and WWE collection. That'll she do won't it. Leave the, she won't leave the TV now, so mm. we got her there. She's out of she's out of trouble down there. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, COVID news, we just got news from the governor uh, encouraging everyone to have school remotely. All having, I know you guys probably don't have any experience with that because you don't have kids of school age yet. But, no. Uh, but that's what they're talking about right now. Have having uh, having school uh, remote work remotely rather uh, for the rest of the school year. I want to say the entire the school year. year. I don't know, but I've heard plans around saying, here yeah. to have like part time in part time at school, part time remote. Uh, they talked about that. Yeah, they did talk about that a little bit, but then they decided. I think they're leaning more toward everybody staying. We have a we have a, a <clears throat> Democratic governor, uh, so they're leaning more toward everybody staying uh, remote all year until now. November fifth. You mean? Because uh, on November sixth, yeah. then uh, everything goes back to normal, and coronavirus is Corona one. Right, right. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Well, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But yeah, <laughs> or Civil yeah, War two would... on November sixth, which also makes us forget about coronavirus. I hope they have at least some kind of in in school thing because I don't know how the hell that's going to work with uh, Dale Junior's daycare. Uh, we tried remote daycare one time, but uh, we didn't didn't quite work out because you know by the time we got to the got the email that said he's in the knife drawer, we were already <laughs> at Walmart. <laughs> All right, Dell, one more than get out. Get it's... gone. What were okay, you well, I, I'm just, just letting you know. I went back to I, well, last thing, then uh, last uh, I went back to the dentist finally. Uh, got their offices are finally starting to open up, and uh, wouldn't you know it? Apparently, it was time for the you know yearly surprise prostate exam again. <laughs> oh God, I know. I, I tell you what, I hate giving him them things, but he keeps making me. <laughs> All right, Wrong well, yeah, you must do a good job. Care. Thank you, man. I don't know what's going over what's going on over on D Live. So we use um we use a website that basically accepts the stream and sends it to our various platforms. Uh, ones I use are YouTube and D Live. Now that platform looks like it's sending out the signal just fine. I go over D to D Live and the website's up and running, but it's not receiving the signal. So I will play uh call host and tech and see if I can figure something out here. Uh, I'm sorry for whatever's going on, guys, over on DLive. I'm working to get on it as much uh, as quickly as I can. Thanks for your patience. Uh, Bobble is up next. Bobble, what's on your mind? Hello, hello. How you doing? Doing all Hi. right. I know how Blonde's doing, but I figured I'd ask you, Matt, since you've been comparatively quiet. Uh, sure. Yeah, sorry. I'm trying to juggle. You know, I'm trying to play host oh, and sorry, my bad. technical I wizard you're, you're simultaneously. But yeah, what, what's up? <laughs> Oh, let's see. I had a couple things. Um, through all of this nonsense, as I think about it, about middle or close to the end of May, I've been keeping up with a bunch of uh, specifically space-related news because I've gotten very interested in 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 com companies like SpaceX and and that kind of stuff. Right. I built like I spent half my time and during quarantine building a massive model of a 
of a Saturn V rocket out of Legos, which is sitting on the table behind me, <laughs> which I'm still proud of. Congratulations. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I followed an instruction book. It's nothing that special, but it's really cool because it's like four feet tall. It's kind of neat. Sure. But anyway, um, so I've been following that and especially like right at the height of all the protests, you know, three or four days after that uh, was when SpaceX did its first launch of human of, of Americans back to the uh, back to the International Space Station. And like watching that live was was something that it that kind of like helped me get through a bunch of the bullshit that was going on in my brain for like three or four days and so yeah. i've been kind of like i've been kind of watching all of anything and everything that i can that's related to that that's happening every time that it comes up because it's kind of like a oh like you know we could sit here and watch the absolute worst of 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 a lot of things that are happening and then here's 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 like the here's the foil to it here's here's the the best and the brightest of so, you know, uh, of pretty much everyone who lives in the, in the country doing incredible things that are beneficial for everyone, whether they believe they are or not. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't, it's not for everybody because it's kind of nerdy and shit, but you know, I, I thoroughly enjoy it and I've been watching them every time I get a chance and I would suggest you do it too. Also because I kind of like Elon Musk cause he's just like a bit of a psycho but he's a weird I, I like dude him like, too. he is he is really weird yeah when I, i've only kind of listened to him on joe rogan a few <laughs> times but uh yeah he, he i don't know he's kind of off the wall but obviously a very smart guy well i like the fact that he i don't know is he's one of the few like big you know big fancy ceo kind of eccentric guys who isn't who hasn't turned into a massive cuck <laughs> well yeah. yeah i suppose that's kind of true i really like that though? about him I mean, I mean, what did he do? His, his personal life is a fucking disaster. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody who's a multi-billionaire's personal life is a disaster. But, you know, he was also the guy who was out there, you know, telling California, like, hey, if you, if you like, come and arrest me. You could arrest me before you arrest That's the true. workers at my, at my plant, you know. And that was in California, which is pretty impressive. So, I don't know. I mean, he's not perfect by any means, but I, I, I appreciate him more than somebody like, you know, I don't know, like CEOs of microsoft and apple and google and all and it's just like yeah Ugh. yeah anyway i figured you guys i don't know if if it interests you and hopefully some people in the audience would want to do it too go and go watch spacex's live streams it's it's really impressive every time to see some you know massive but no the cool thing about them though is that they do weird stuff that you know nasa never could do where they launch a rocket you know and it's really cool to watch and then they have cameras on it, so you get to see all the stages come apart and all the cool shit that you didn't see, you know, that you couldn't see in the past. And then they take the rocket, the the, the first stage of the rocket, and they fucking land it like 1950s style, straight up on a on a ship out in the middle of the ocean. Mm. Like it comes back down, and you see the rockets fire, and it lands vertically on this ship, and then they reuse it. Sweet. And then like, it's all recently... fake. <laughs> it is. It is no, all you... a theatrical production oh, no. since uh, the God. 1960s. I hate to break it to you. Sure. Oh God, yeah. No, you'd be surprised at how many people like comment on the videos that they can about how you know. Oh, it's all fake. It's all CGI. Yeah, blah, I'm blah, one blah, of them blah. on my anonymous accounts. Hate to break it. To you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I gotta let you go, man. I gotta. I have to reboot yeah. the stream here to see if I can get a signal out to D Live. Oh, shit. oh okay. so. Uh-oh. Uh oh. But thanks for calling in, and thanks for the space intel. Yeah. I always look forward to it. Yeah, no worries. Have a good you night. should definitely look him up if you can. All right, sounds all great. Right. Have Bye, a good night. guys. Okay, so unfortunately, I can't test sending out a new signal to DLive without 
rebooting the stream basically so just stand by on youtube for uh for just a moment and we'll see if we can get a signal out to d live and see this is the one option i have to uh to keep it up on youtube and d live simultaneously so stand Do by I just hang out yeah we'll, we'll be right back okay <laughs> now it says it's sending data to d live it says d live online let's see what happens over on d live i hate to leave you d live guys hanging but this is really the only well now it's up on d live so i just i regenerated a just regenerated the connection and now it seems like it's back so if you guys encounter any technical difficulties on d live or over on youtube of course let us know in the chat and i'll uh, i'll see what i can do for you so thanks for your patience sorry about that are we live should i stop talking about the jq <laughs> what were you saying about uh, every racial minority and their <laughs> negative tendencies i missed Nothing that ever. part never <laughs> okay and thanks for your patience guys and thanks for letting us know i uh, it's tough to monitor everything while we're live so i appreciate that looks like things are good now all right uh el vaquero is up next el vaquero you there yes did you get the stream back up yeah Seemingly. it looks like it's running now so oh excellent yeah i don't know what was going on with d live but it maybe the connection expired or something i don't know huh well you know anyways Last week, I went camping for several days down in the Gila National Forest. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I am not. I assume New Mexico, but I don't know. Arizona? Yes. It's it's New Mexico right next to Arizona, and there's a lot of historical stuff down there. And so, like, I, I'll go to the historical sites just to put things in, into perspective. Uh, one of the places I went was a place called Cooney's Tomb, which I guarantee you've never heard of. No. And to make a short story even shorter, basically in 1880, a guy who owned a mine down there caught wind of an Apache raid that was coming. So he stayed behind and got killed so all the other miners could get away. And in his honor for sacrificing himself, himself, they hollowed out this giant boulder and interred him in there with uh, two of his nephews. And so you're driving along and all of a sudden here's this giant boulder with a cross on top and it's kind of interesting. Hmm. Another place that I went is there's a small mining town called Mogollon. I went up to the cemetery and this really puts things into perspective for how good we have it today. Yeah. I was looking at all the dates on the, the and ages on the graves <laughs> and this was from you know the late 1800s I think the latest date I saw on a grave was 1944. Okay. A ton of kids, like under five years old, which was common back then. A lot of people yeah. didn't live to reproductive age. A whole bunch of people, 25, 35 years old. And then this kind of ties into the whole COVID thing to give you like real perspective about how stupid some of this stuff is. There was an entire family, uh, one of them, died in 1919. I don't remember how old she was. One was 72 who died in 1944. All of the rest of the family was, uh, they died between October 10th and October 25th of 1918. And they were all 18 to 30 years old. Wow. And that was the Spanish. Yeah. That was the Spanish. Flu. Right. Yeah. Just connecting yeah. the dots. Right. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, like it's, it just tells us how good we have it. And it also puts into perspective these whiny little shits that think that life is so terrible. It's like, no, back in those days, you probably had 10 kids and three or four of them died. Yeah. You know I mean, it's just the way it was. Yeah. 
Oh my God. Can you even imagine? You wouldn't even want to bond with your children. Well, not until after they're five, at least, but yeah. I, and then I did the same thing at the Alma cemetery, which is still active, but there you can get the whole progression from people buried last year, all the way back to like 1880 or something like that. Um, but yeah, and I know it's a weird thing to call in about, you know, Hey, I went to this cemetery. But, no, the, uh, no, well, it's that. Yeah. That's important perspective. I think we need to reacquaint yeah. ourselves with a lot of the reality of the past, for sure. Yeah, and and then the Apache raids—I mean, they were no joke. Um, and the, and the Cooney's tomb just shows you that he was he was killed by Apaches. And nearby, there's a place called Slaughter Mesa because the the Apaches slaughtered a whole bunch of settlers. Um, but yeah, it's little bits of history that you never get to learn in a history book. Is the way I look at it. Yeah. Yeah, we but, we need to reacquaint ourselves with real struggle for sure. There's a, I think yeah. there's kind of a natural human thirst for struggle to provide purpose. That's totally but. true. That's why millennials in particular lack perspective. Uh, I was talking to my brother about this yesterday, and I was like, you know, it makes me so sad that Emmeline's going to have a harder life than than I've had. And he was like, well, everybody before our generation and after our generation has had and will have a harder life than us because we just happen to fall into this this like exactly. golden age where everything's so fucking easy. And I was like, that is true, but it's come at cost. I mean, look at this BLM stuff. It's like, nobody's acquainted with real struggle. It's all bullshit. Oh yeah. We got to no, let absolutely. you go though. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Thanks for the time. And, and Matt and blonde, I will see you both in the boogaloo. <laughs> it seems imminent. Thank you, man. Get your, I got to, I got a couple Hawaiian shirts to choose from. So I hope you have oh, your yeah? selection as well. I have six. <laughs> I got to catch up, I guess. Thank you, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it is incredible to think about how much the people of the past endured. And, uh, and, and the reality that you speak about how easy life is now. There's never been a time where you could accomplish more with less effort than right now. Yes, it does take work. But you just got to show a little bit of initiative and a little bit of willingness to use all the tools. Like, look at what we do. Available We're not like to. plowing the fields or anything like that. Uh, I'm yeah. just like, yeah. ooh, I don't want to do my stream from the comforts of my own home. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insane. Yeah. I, and, and I know that we owe. Who do we owe for the conveniences of our modern life? It's all of those people who made those sorts of, of, uh, of sacrifices and endured that sort of struggle in the past. And all you got to do to make good on that deal is appreciate what you have and put in your little bit of effort to build something good to better the world just a little bit more than it was yesterday. That's all you got to do. I know. And have kids and stay married. Sure. Yeah. Do your part to lead Uh, a moral life. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, are we going to honor our white ancestors? I guess not. (laughs) I guess not. All right. (laughs) Come on. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? I mean, I have generations. I think that my first ancestors came to America in 1609. I mean, obviously, they were all white. America was all white up until pretty much, I don't know, turn of the century. I mean, but I mean, any, anybody who's contributed to the construction of the world as it exists today. Yeah, but I'm talking about the construction of the Western world, the construction of this nation. It's like this is such an affront. All of this racial stuff is such an affront to our ancestors. It's shocking to me. They, they would be rolling over in their graves. Yeah. I don't, uh, I guess I just don't think about this in racial terms. It's just like, don't, don't, dis- don't, don't destroy. That's, that's a pretty minimal ask. Don't 
destroy, build something. But black people should be thinking about this too. And I yeah, think, I think some people should. in Black Lives Matter are. They're talking about, you know, slavery and things like that. And in, in that way, they have a point that they want to honor the legacy of their ancestors. But this is not the way. <laughs> yeah, I think, way. I think everybody should be building on the foundation that was provided to them. I, yeah. I think that's true for every single person. But it's for some reason we can't do it today. Or at least a, a large percentage of society chooses not to. Are we having any video issues? Not that I'm aware of. Are people mentioning it or what? They're saying that there is a video lag, but it's okay if we just keep going through it. So. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. What does a video lag mean? Uh, they're probably messing with me. It's fine. Are we talking like one person or a bunch of people? Probably five people said something, but now people are saying it's it's okay now. All right. Uh, thanks for keeping us informed. Red Falcor, you're good to go if you're ready. So what is a video lag? Uh, yeah, let me get my stream muted. Thanks sure. a lot, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, I wanted to mention uh, kind of an odd, I guess it's a coincidence, you could say. Uh, Matt, you, you were mentioning at one point that your brother was born on Valentine's Day. That is true, yeah. Is that right? And so, so was mine, interestingly enough. Mm. Uh, and there's some other stra strange connections. My, um, uh, my, my, my bro brother is uh, f f f four and a half years younger than I. And I know you're the that your brother was older than you. No, my brother was younger. Um, oh, oh yeah. I didn't know yeah, that. He was two actually. years younger. Two and a half, roughly. Huh. And um, my wa wife's s s sister was the s s s s s same amount um, y younger as my brother, and uh, she she she, she was uh, uh, struck and killed uh, mm. as a young adult. I'm sorry to hear that. Twenty-seven years old, struck and, and killed um, by a car, or what happened? Yeah, yeah, by a truck. Okay. Um, yeah, I think she, I think, I think she had a, a leg injury at the time, but it was it it was in a crook. Crosswalk and with a signal, and this was Whoa. in Portland, Oregon. Well, there's got to be a lot of criminal and, implications uh, there, I would think, right? That's what I would think, also. But but sadly, they they were not able to criminally charge. Really, uh, the driver? Why? Was, in a crosswalk, nailed by a car? Yeah, in a crosswalk, it was like five in the morning, um, uh, six thirty in the morning. Um, but it was it was uh, still dark. This was like the this was like a, a week before Christmas. Yikes! Um, and hmm. um, yeah, so and it, and it's 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 it, it incidentally led to uh, me and my wife becoming engaged and married. Uh, but hmm. that's a longer story. So maybe I'll. Inter well, I'll have time. Yeah, maybe maybe another time. Well, I don't know if we have time tonight, but that is it is an interesting topic to me how tragedy in life can lead you down certain paths that are all things considered good. Like obviously you wish you could change what happened, but sometimes tragedy leads itself to productive outcomes or or good outcomes if you get what I'm saying. You know, it's not good yeah. that it happened, but sometimes it leads you down a certain path in life that you're thankful to have. Yeah, we're making mistakes in life. Does the same thing. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it was, it was seven years ago now or so. Um, but, uh, uh, be, be, it'll be eight years in December. I don't know if you can hear my wife in the background, A little um, bit, yeah. but, uh, um, yeah, so, um, but I want, I want wanted to, so, so on that heavy topic, I did want to t- 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 touch on one more item before, for the end of the call, but I can, I can t- t- take my answer offline. Uh, uh, b- b- Batman. Who is uh, f- 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 far down the roll call, so, so he may get in or not. Uh, one, one, wanted to ask about the McCluskeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about that case, but it oh, was yeah. a, a big br- the pink shoot, polo guy to a uh, yes, yes, yeah. that's right, and uh, yeah, and 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 he's asking uh, what sh- should they have done, basically. Um, what should in, they in, have uh, done? Yeah, I, the, the options that they had. I'm of the yeah. opinion that they did nothing wrong. They, and some people will get nitpicky yet. about the trigger discipline and the pointing of the gun. If their story is accurate, that people said you're next and displayed a firearm to them and destroyed that. We already know that their, their gate was destroyed. We already know there was trespass. I'm, I'm of the opinion that the McCloskey's did nothing wrong. I would say you probably should have better firearm training because they didn't necessarily look like they knew what they were doing indeed there's information out now that her her handgun might not have even been in operable condition it might have been assembled incorrectly or i i have to read up on it but it might not have even been capable of firing i'm even more flexible than you are like i don't think that they had to verbally threaten them i think that their merely their presence and breaking through the gate was enough um, to meet some kind of armed resistance. So I don't think that they did anything wrong. And honestly, if they would have fired on the crowd, I probably would still be defending them. I um. would say that, uh, well, yeah, the, the, the actual firing gets a little bit tricky. I mean, are you full team mow down the entire mob in defense or are you talking like the specific threat makers? And then the question becomes, is simply the destructive presence itself an inherent threat? There's an argument to be made. Yeah. There. Naturally, naturally, I, I, yeah, I think I think that their presence is a threat to bodily injury or or death. I would say that I think he has an obligation to warn them that it is private property and they need to leave. But he did. Which we know did. that he did. Yeah, many times. So I don't but, know. You know, if he would have gotten in his Home Depot rented truck and mowed down <laughs> all of these protesters, I'd be like American hero. Home I don't Depot know really say. should have ran with that marketing opportunity. I know. Do you want a giant truck to run over people you hate? Yeah, I, I really do. I really do. <laughs> All right. <sighs> thank you, uh, thank you, Red Falcor. Have a good night. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. Good night. One of the uh, Portland footage is so upsetting. One of the best backhanded com- uh, compliments ever. It wasn't even a compliment, really, but I was, by, you know, by a friend and listener. I was once told that I'm so naive I would rent a truck to an Uzbek at Home Depot if I worked there. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean. I was like, yeah, I probably would. You're right. Mm. Imagine being, we've country. talked about it before, but imagine being that guy who rented out the Home Depot truck and turning on the news later and seeing Home Depot rental mows over like 20 people on Manhattan running trail. Yeah, he probably felt like he should have been more racist. Would have saved a few lives that day, I guess. Anyway, uh, Codrod is up next. Codrod, you there? 
Let him hang out a second. Magster is up after that. It's so hot in here. Yeah, if you're if you have temperatures like we do here, I feel bad for you without the AC. It's hot here. It's hottest days of the year. Uh, Magster, if you're still hanging out, hop in one of the waiting rooms so I can pull you in and I'll see if I can circle back for you. After that, we got um, Lifeguard. Let's try Lifeguard. Lifeguard, you there? Oh, I'm here. It's you. Hello. Oh. All right, Lifeguard, you want to hang out for a second? We'll let Codrod go and then we'll uh, we'll check back with for you. Sure. All right, I'm going to put you back in the waiting room, but we'll get you right after that. Thank you, man. Codrod, uh, you there? Sorry, I, did, I thought you heard me the first time I said it. I didn't. You're <laughs> awfully soft-spoken, but you're good to go. Oh, I tried to fix my mic issues from yesterday, but um, are we live? Yeah, you're yeah. good. What's on your mind? Uh, so, I mean, I was just, uh, I finished listening to an audio book earlier. Um, it's called Explaining Postmodernism by uh, Stephen Hicks, I believe is his name. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that book or whatnot. I but, don't know uh, the author or the book. Any, no. Yeah. It, um, it was just, it was kind of short. It's like six hours. It's like a real kind of, uh, if you give any credence to the kind of idea that either this whole racial thing or socialism or not feels like, um, a religion as if, you know, you've probably heard um, Devin Tracy talk about it some, and I know other people have brought it up where it's like, it feels like you're arguing against religious people. Um, I think this book does a very yeah. good job of kind of laying out the philosophical backing of postmodernism as coming from, uh, you know, Rousseau and Kant and the general like epistem. I'm not going to get too into the weeds about it, but if that is of any interest to you, I think it's a, it's a book recommendation. Okay. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't thought about a lot about the origins of the philosophy, but certainly it's a philosophy that's doing a lot of damage right now, uh, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like the gist of the book is kind of how, um, you know, when, when it comes down to the fact of the matter, uh, socialism lost every rational argument it possibly could have throughout the early 20th century. Um, well, even into the 50s and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and the only place they had to turn were the kind of epistemological, epistemolo I can't even say that word, epistemological arguments yeah. that were kind of set in philosophy, kind of leading back to the religious thinkers uh, like Kant and whatnot, who were trying to also get away from this rationalism, which seemed to be leading to, you know, sort of atheism. So it shows how the, you know, the tradition, the philosophy of postmodernism does stem from the same kind of it's epistemological always, It's stance. always about trying to perfect an imperfect world and imperfect right. people. And the sooner we quit trying to do that and accept the world for what it is and accept better. the reality that is in front of us and operate within it, I think the better we'll be as a, just as humankind. But uh, this perpetual quest to perfect people and perfect our existence and perfect our environment, it never ends up working out that way. You end up with uh, much more damage than, uh, than improvement. Always. Always. Anyway, any final thoughts from me before we let you go? Uh, you play any Warzone? <laughs> um, actually, I'm not the biggest Warzone fan just because um, like Battle Royale and that sort of game style is not really my thing. But uh, but I do play uh, Modern Warfare a fair amount, yeah. Uh, I've been a freeloader. I've just been on the Warzone. I don't uh, have a full game. <laughs> Anyways, oh, yeah, I forgot all. it's free. Yeah, you don't even have to buy it. It's, it's all right. It's just not really my style. Yeah. Thank you, man. See you. 
Okay, we got to uh, we're due for a break, and I will get right back with you, lifeguard. So thank you for your patience. Uh, over on D Live, etc says working magic. Matt rules. Well, thank you. I just uh, I just clicked the right buttons and copy and pasted the right pieces of code to <laughs> to bring the show back to Le- to D Live. So thank you guys for hanging out over there. That's much appreciated. I should go feed my baby. I can hear her crying. Okay, I uh, I may or may not be back in calls when you get back. Okay. Uh, so. Um, if somebody has a call specifically for me, do you ever table it? I can do that. Day? And I try to remember, I, I, I appreciate everyone's patience with Blonde's availability. Anytime there's a super chat that is a specific question for you, better return to that as well. So, okay, I'll be back. All right. Thank minutes. you guys. All right. Thank you for your patience. I should say to the listeners, uh, let's catch up. Let me see what we got over on Streamlabs. We'll get back to callers in just a few minutes here. Over on Streamlabs, GigaChad, RP GigaChad says, have you seen the upcoming Life in a Day project by SusanTube? <laughs> no, but I did see their mask propaganda today. Uh, someone sent that to me, just to, you know, wear a mask by Susan, and it was a mask that was made of a YouTube logo. Hoping some mad lads out there will submit some based uh, footage that will undoubtedly be full of degenerate drag queens, BLM, and COVID-1984 bullshit. Yeah, uh, the y- YouTube is uh, all about producing its uh, social messages these days, it seems. And uh, of course, they disable comments and they disable ratings because we're not allowed to chime in on that sort of thing. Preventing the hate speech uh, before it happens. Furnace of Ambition says, those that wish to control free people are the enemy of free people. We must move the conversation to freedom and liberty away from health. The institutions are controlled by those that are trying to take your freedom do not engage, reframe. I'd be interested to hear more about that sort of thinking. Uh, it's it's tough to me. It's tough for me to understand exactly what you're getting at in just a in an abbreviated chat there. But I, I certainly share the perspective that um, that it does seem to me like people who are liberty, freedom, conservative, libertarian type perspectives. I don't like when we grant the premises of the worldview that the progressive left is trying to impose upon us and then work within that framework. Because for the most part, that worldview and the claims of fact in that worldview are bullshit. Uh, Black Lives Matter is a perfect example. I don't think that we should grant the fundamental premise of Black Lives Matter. The fact of the matter is black people are not uh, targeted for unjust violence and murder by the police. When you control for crime, which is pretty important variable to control for. There's actually evidence that white people are killed by cops more than black people are. So we can talk about the whole police brutality issue, but the police brutality issue, if you want to get into that, is really not a racial one. It's really not. We shouldn't grant that premise and try to operate within it and then try to steer in a direction that's more friendly to, that's a more friendly direction than we'd like to go. You have to call it out for what it is as bullshit from the start. I, I think that's kind of what you're getting at, uh, Furnace of Ambition, but uh, I appreciate the thoughts. And I agree we should, uh, we should be more aggressive in rejecting the fundamental framework that is commonly bullshit. Let's see what's over on uh, YouTube as I try to navigate Susan's new system that is inherently... Uh, and significantly worse than the old system. Black Magic says the lying New York Times echo, echo, echo <laughs> cries out in pain 
as it strikes Tucker Carlson and gradually he began to hate them. (laughs) I have not followed this story very much. I gather that the New York Times was publishing the address of Tucker Carlson, something to that effect. I have not followed the story closely at all. So I'll have to check in on that one. Maggie Ellis says, just found out the quote about rather dying on your feet than living on your knees was that was coined by the French. Uh, basically commie dude. Yeah, I don't know the origin of the quote. Wanted to call, but turns out I'm not too bright. Anyway, that trivia blew my mind. I did not know. So you're saying it was from a French borderline communist guy? Well, then why wouldn't... It seems like a communist would want to live on his knees. It seems like the whole purpose of living in communism is submitting to the system and submitting to authority and all that. So I guess I'd have to know the context. Yes, but yeah, on calling in... Once you know how to do it, it's uh, it's not too complex, but to a first time user, it can be a little a little odd. But I've tried to put for people who might be first time callers trying to get into the system. I've put what I hope are decent instructions in the YouTube description, and that'll help you navigate uh, navigate how you get in live. I hope that's helpful. And of course, if you have any questions, just email me. Stephen delay it. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Hi guys, happy live stream. Wanted to shout out ABBA and Preach. Just discovered their show and they're great. Love you guys too, though. Uh, I've not heard of the show, so I guess I'll have to check it out. I'm totally unfamiliar. And thanks for uh, supporting. Modern War uh, 2 Ghost RP. One of our gun stores in Colorado had a gun shop lifted from behind and uh, had a shop lifted from behind and counter after Colorado's mask law. Can't even see his face Despite serious CCTV, Paulus just helped an armed felon. I'm kind of confused by the phrasing here, but I think what you're saying is that there was some sort of armed robbery or a crime at a gun shop that was mask assisted because of coronavirus, obviously. I would think that it's a great time to commit crimes because you no longer look like a criminal wearing a mask. You look like a concerned law abiding citizen, someone who has a great deal of care for all the grandmas of your community. That is certainly uh, a very convenient factor for criminals right now. But there's a cynical part of me that believes that's actually intentional. That when you're stirring up all this racial, uh, all this racial animosity, all this racial conflict, and you're encouraging the sort of lawlessness that's happening in Portland, how? What's a great way to make everyone look like an Antifa person? Coronavirus. Coronavirus has had that effect. I don't. To what degree is that by design? To what degree is that circumstantial? You decide. But suddenly the physical, the differences in the physical appearance of a good law-abiding citizen and an Antifa guy, there aren't a lot of differences. One looks exactly like the other and makes it harder to distinguish. Maggie also says, didn't know uh, till a couple weeks ago that uh, MLC being me, had lived in Oregon. I grew up in Lake Oswego, also lived in Beaverton, Tiger, downtown on Front Street, and had to escape to South Carolina and never been happier. I lived in uh, Lake Oswego as well and went to Lewis and Clark College in Southwest Portland. So I lived right on the border of Southwest Portland and Lake Oswego. And uh, I lived there for four years, 06 to 2010. Great part of the country. And, or at least formerly, it really bums me out to see all the places that I used to walk by when I was hanging out downtown to I don't know, go do something fun. Or even I had an internship downtown that was right by a lot of the worst scene, scenes of this Antifa degeneracy, right by the courthouse. 
that is at the center of all of this. And it sucks. I love that city. I wish I could have stayed there. The job market was rough when I graduated, so I had to bail. And the silver lining is I don't live there anymore. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good thing to say these days. Katie May says, uh, Minnesota is making masks mandatory in public areas. Now I'm stuck between wanting to protect my dad who has stage four lung cancer or saying forget it or forget you to all the people forcing this onto everyone. Well, uh, of course, you got to make a choice that is that is right for yourself. And if you feel like both protecting your dad, who sounds like he's probably one of the people who does need a little protection and uh, trolling what you believe to be an unjust uh, uh, imposing masks on on people unjustly. Perhaps there's a way to do that simultaneously. But as I've said throughout this whole thing, that's what I'm in favor of. Not everyone wants to do like stupid mask trolling like I want to do. Some people are in places where the where the virus is running much more rampant than it is where I live. It's not about doing what I want to do. It's not about doing it's not about you doing what I want to do. It's not about me doing what you want to do. It's about everybody having the freedom to assess risk for themselves and make those sorts of personal decisions without imposing on other people and yeah, we're not in that world anymore. Frankly, I'm surprised that Montana put this play, this rule in place before Minnesota did. It makes me a little bit embarrassed of my state, but but here we are, and good luck. I'm going to uh, stop the chat there and return to it uh, next segment. So thanks for sitting tight. Thanks for patience, guys. And let's get back into callers. I got to catch up back with Lifeguard, who I left hanging. Lifeguard, thanks for your patience. You're good to go if you're ready. Hey, Matt. Glad to finally be talking to you. Sure. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, thanks for calling in. Of course. Uh, I'd like to talk about abortion. Sure. Um, when I was in university, I took part in a, I think it was like an honor student study. Mm-hmm. Um, they were interviewing a bunch of, they call them anti-choice people, of course. Um, and I never looked at the results until uh, a few months ago. And I was able to find the paper that was published. And it was really interesting to see what I guess she thought of myself amongst a bunch of other pro-life people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the title of the article or the paper is called Not Brainwashed, But Heartwashed, A Qualitative Analysis of Benevolent Sexism in the Anti-Choice Stance. And uh, I was listening to James Lindsay last week. I think he was interviewed by the Babylon Bee um, and a few other people. And he talked about, yeah, it's like, Either you're sexist or you're you're benevolently sexist. Like they're well, you're damned it, if you. What does that mean to be benevolently like, sexist? I'm confused by that. It's kind of um like I'll read part of the abstract of the paper. Okay. Uh, like benevolent sexism is beliefs that women are morally pure creatures in need of protection and nurturing. <laughs> is, well, I guess it's her definition. Well, I, I so it's this idea okay. of like, oh, you, or you poor woman, if you only knew that abortion wasn't good or, oh, oh, like I feel so bad for you that you have to choose abortion. I think that's kind of what they see us as. Oh, well, that that's kind of ironic. I, a lot of the people who have convinced me more to a pro-life perspective are women and actually both sides of it. They're, they're pro-life women who have made good arguments that I didn't have a good answer for. And they're the the ultra pro-choice shout your abortion women. I think. The number one uh, event that pushed me started uh, getting the gears in my head spinning a little bit on this issue and pushed me away from my formerly decidedly pro-choice self was being in uh, Cleveland with Blonde four years ago now at the at the Republican National Convention and talking to one of these shout your abortion girls there who was on the street parading around the fact that she had an abortion and 
that was the single event where I thought, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought I was pro-choice, but I can't be on the team that is celebrating this because these people are pretending that there's no moral implication and no life at stake. And not only that this should be a, a I, I was of the per, of the perception or of the belief that this was supposed to be just a private medical procedure, like a knee surgery or anything. Why would you shout your knee surgery? Why would you shout? Mm-hmm. Why would you shout your your uh, I don't know your your chiropractic procedure? Those are just private things you do to uh, preserve your health or to benefit your body or whatever. Anyway, I'm I'm rambling on here, but I, I'm I'm just saying that it was never. Uh, it was women who convinced me in many ways, not me looking down on women or trying to protect them in that way. Yeah. And I guess if they don't like when I see those people who do want to shout their abortion, and I always think of there's a video that was on a college campus and some pro-life people had put a bunch of crosses and kind of like the campus bowl mm-hmm. to symbolize the number of uh, babies that had been aborted. And this shelter abortion lady was like walking through and yelling stuff. And she's like, Oh, that one's mine. Like, I remember that. Yeah. That was sick. That, it broke my heart. And like, yeah. really I do, like, I do feel so bad for them. Like I do pity them. So I guess like, unless they want me to like go full out sexist and just call them baby killers. <laughs> um, like, I guess I'll have to stick with the benevolent sexist term because like, yeah. Like what else can I do except like pity you and just feel so sorry that that's, like who hurt you? I know it's anecdotal. I know that there are probably people out there that I haven't met or who I haven't met, but everybody who I know who has had an abortion or even men who have had their children aborted, which is not a long list, but I do know a few. I don't know anyone, not one single person who has told me, yeah, best decision I ever made. Best thing that ever happened to me. The only people I see saying that are like, who was that actress who was screaming at the women's march about how aborting her child enabled her to have some like D list Hollywood life. You remember her, the blonde one, a busy Phillips. Oh, remember her? Yeah. It's -hmm. always these people who are screeching in public can try to convince other people of how happy they are that they had this done. And it's always so fake. I, I just, I don't know anybody. In fact, I know the opposite. I know people who have, lifelong very serious regret about what happened and appear to be very damaged by it but the people i know who are in the best position after it have sort of come to terms with the fact that it was wrong and they shouldn't have done it and they have a great deal of regret about it but they're not lying to themselves about it exactly they're like who you're trying to convince yeah by telling everybody you're happy with your choice like obviously there must be something under there that I don't know. Makes them regret it, actually. Well, I appreciate the uh, interesting call. I got to let you go in the interest of time. But thank you for the thoughts, man. Have a good night. You as well. Okay. Uh, Corona. I never know how to say this one. Corona Uris. I think. Let me see if I can find this person. And then I had one person I missed earlier, right? Who was uh, not in. Not in the waiting room. Corona Uris. I don't see you in the waiting room either. So if you are hanging out. Hop into the waiting room. I'll pull you in. Locks are masculine is up next. Locks are masculine. You're good to go. See if we can get that mic unmuted. You there? Hello? Yeah, go for it. What's on your mind? Hold on. Let me uh, get the stream. Sure. All right. I got, I got some comedy gold for you, Matt. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I got the... Uh, 
the Washington voters pamphlet, Washington state voters pamphlet here. And uh, some of the gubernatorial candidates, pretty hilarious. And so you have several, Um, not just the, not is, what's the status of Jay Inslee? Is he done or is he eligible for? No, he's, he's wrote it again. Okay. I I joked to my wife, I was reading through it. I was like, uh, oh yeah, this Jay Inslee guy, he looks pretty good. I think I'll vote for him. (laughs) Not going to happen, but uh, yeah. Anyway, all right. So can I read a couple of these to you, and then Please you do. tell me who your pick is? Okay. I'll do I get like, to know? Are I'll you leaving like, them anonymous, or do I do I get to know their names, or or is it just platform? I'll, I'll, I'll read the name, and okay. then a, a couple select quotes. For D- each don't one. tell me party though. The, just read <laughs> oh. the platform and let me let me enjoy it without a any kind of preconception. Fair enough. Right. I mean, the parties are pretty random. I think they're just making up parties at this point. Okay. But um, first one. Alex Zimmerman okay. and his statement, he repeats the phrase, stop Seattle King fascism with idiotic face 25 times. <laughs> okay. So he actually, <laughs> he sounds very sensible actually. <laughs> yeah. Aside from the fact that his statement just repeats the same thing 25 yeah, times. Yeah. But that seems pretty important. <laughs> uh, Locks are masculine here is reading the statements from the Washington gubernatorial candidates, which is fairly interesting damn it this is a call that i would well we just heard the first one which is a guy saying what stop king county seattle fascism 25 times is that what he said yes that, that's pretty that's pretty reasonable <laughs> he, i would consider voting for him um then there's a q on boomer uh wwg1 wga where we go one we go all okay oh is that is what that what means that i've been means. seeing that yeah it's a q on boomer thing um let's see and then another part of his statement in 2017 they ran me out of business slandered me to customers and made false (laughs) made false reports about me cooking meth okay kind of the feeling he might have actually been cooking meth i don't know yeah i don't know that one that one's not a great sale to me leon aaron lawson was that guy okay um all right here's here's our socialist Slash, uh, I, I don't know what is this guy. What well, you don't want? I don't. I'm not going to say party, but anyway, here's his statement. Okay. Um, I'm running as a spokesperson for the anti-apartheid reparations now movement, and then another part of his statement: the current administration's biggest mistake is turning Seattle's SBI building over to the proven historical Negro vampire criminals. <laughs> what? What is a Negro vampire? <laughs> what does that even get mean? These, get these angles. <laughs> How many? How many so of these like, candidates? Are some are these... Uh, sorry, there's there's like there's like a uh, I don't know like twenty oh, or yeah. thirty. So we don't we don't have time for all of them. those are the highlights. No, I'm not I'm not going to read them all. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, can I read Can I read uh, one more? Yeah, sure. Okay, so this guy uh, Winston Wilkes, together with the people, we will implement new bills to punish corruption and enact Title 18, Section 241, and 242 of the United States Code to remove the rotten government. Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Bring back trust in government is my goal, and instilling fear of the people into the government is my purpose. Freedom is not free. I am paying my share here. Now, will you? Yeah, that guy sounds cool. I would vote for him. He just inserts. He just, he just inserts the phrase "Epstein didn't kill himself" in the middle of his statement. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so so so, who would you vote for? What's what's your preference? That, that last guy, but the first one yeah, was fine him. too. <laughs> But that last guy had a little more to oh. say, so I give him the edge. All right, fair enough. 
Um, okay, can I? Okay, sorry. One more. I okay. think Juan might get a kick out of All this right. one. I view I view China as a friend. Israel is the enemy. <laughs> Why would I get a He's kick out of crazy. that? Blonde is registered to vote in Washington yet again. <laughs> I I am still registered to vote in Washington. Really? Do you, All right. You don't receive like an absentee ballot or anything, do you? Mm. Well, my plan was like. I'll be less likely to get doxxed if I don't have voter registration in Idaho. But ah, it happened already, so yeah. whatever. All right, nice. well, thank you, man. Good luck in your decisions. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks. Okay. Next up, we got Icos. Icos, you there? How many calls did I miss? Like I actually, calls. we had one lengthy one about abortion, so you didn't miss too much. You might have only missed that guy, actually. But mm. I ended up going a little long. So my apology to the other callers and thanks for patience. But I like talking abortion. It was uh, interesting. Icos, you there? Uh, I am there. Or I am here. Um, I had, a, a, I guess, a, a kind of a subject. But what was the abortion talk? I, I don't watch the show while I'm... He, was, he just brought up that uh, he was reading some... Uh, some some pieces from pro-choice perspectives that were characterizing pro-life people as anti-choice and saying that their perspective came from a, a point of benevolent sexism, which means that they actually like look down on women and seek to protect them, which to me was sort of silly because that was it's just my experience. My, my change in my developing perspective on abortion has never been one where I've been seeking to protect women. In fact, it's been a lot of women that have persuaded me more in a pro-life direction well yeah i mean obviously they're going to you know grasp at any straw that they can to paint that movement as being anti-woman yeah um my thing with abortion is coming from the you know the uh perspective of science of you know as somebody who has you know been uh whatever intimately studied the the science of it like no, life begins at conception. Like that that is a human life. The question is not, you know, and and, and I and I despise the way that it is twisted like, oh, that's just a clump of cells. It's like you're just a clump of cells. Everyone's just a clump of cells. <laughs> I know you're just a lot a of, of useless cells. clumps of cells around me at any yeah, given no, point right. for sure. It's 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 more of a philosophical question of like to whom do we grant the uh idea of personhood? Yeah. And that's really what's broken me down is that as soon as it is a distinct genetic code, it is a distinct human being. I can't offer any sort of explanation in my own mind for a moral distinction between snuffing out that life versus snuffing out the life of my neighbor because I find him inconvenient. Right. And I know that's not the most satisfying answer. But at the end of the I, I can't give any sort of distinction between those two morally. And so I got to, I kind of got to go with that. Right. So, okay. So I'll ask, I'll ask a question. You know, if, if I know blonde, you're definitely on the pro-life page. Um, if we want less abortions, how do we go about doing so? What are your thoughts um, on that? Well, I think that we have to reduce the welfare state. We have to encourage uh, families to stay together in whatever way we can. Um, and then I'm, I don't know how I feel about birth control. I mean, 
I made a video about this and I didn't even talk about the ethical implications. I was just talking about how people uh, shouldn't go on birth control because it's pretty bad for you and it's bad for society. It's bad for pair bonding and everything like that. But um, some forms of birth control, not NuvaRing or Orthotricycline or Plan B or some others, um, but some like the mini pill and the copper IUD almost certainly have post-fertilization effects. So <clears throat> that's, and that's uh, something that people don't know. I mean, the copper IUD is almost 100% effective. And so they think they, you, you, can, you don't know if things have a post-fertilization effect, but they think that it's highly likely that it, that it does. That, no. So that, that's not entirely true. Um, you return to uh, fertil uh, fertility, um, especially with the copper IUD, basically on your next cycle, you, you know, you have returned to fertility uh, and there aren't, um, you know, at least in what longitudinal studies we have done, there have not been effects on fertility. Um, no, no. Fertilization. So if you insert a copper IUD after an egg has been fertilized, it will prevent that from implanting in the endometrium. True. Yeah. So my issue is with birth control methods that have a post-fertilization. Oh, effect. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. You know, I can, I can understand that. Um, I don't know, just like, as like, I, I, my goal, lower number of abortions. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, utilization of like birth control um, in terms of you know, like a, like a hormonal IUD or, you know, like, uh, those sorts of birth controls. Great. Sexual education. Great. Yeah. Um, but the thing know. about those forms of birth control, they are effective at preventing, um, ovulation in 99% of cases, 99.9 in some of um, them, but well, so they the, do thin the endometrium too. And so if you spontaneously ovulate, it might prevent implantation. So that's an ethical issue, although it's highly effective. Yeah, um, I mean, the so like, uh, uh, you know, like a, a hormonal IUD is as effective as um, what's it called tubal ligation. So it's, it's pretty close. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's basically 100 percent. We almost. I don't know. People should just use withdrawal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, that's that. Um, so we have a saying is like, um, you know, every form of birth control has a side effect. The side effect of the worth withdrawal method is pregnancy. <laughs> like that's not true. Yeah. It's almost as effective as condom use. Um, I've done so tons of research on this. It's almost as effective as condom use, and if you pair it with natural family planning, condoms aren't super effective though. Uh, yeah, but condoms if you are like use 78% them, percent effective. No, um, that's that's a yearly total if used imperfectly, yeah. and the imperfect studies include people typical that, use. Typical use, yeah, but it, the typical use studies include people that don't use them every time. So if you or that take them off or the things like if you use a condom from the beginning to the end of sex and you use it every time you have sex, you only have a two to four percent chance of failure if you're having sex twice a week for an entire year. That is a highly effective form of birth control. So withdrawal uh, with perfect use is 96 percent effective, which is also highly effective. So people just shouldn't be using hormonal birth control. Why? Just use natural family planning, withdrawal or condoms or a combination uh of all three. Because I mean, it's it's extremely uh, uncommon for people to um, engage in perfect use in that. And so I completely agree with you about like systemic hormonal uh, birth control. It is it is actually extremely damaging to uh, to the body and the body's kind of hormonal mechanisms. You know, the the pill, the uh, the implant, um, but the IUD, uh, like 
hormonal IUDs actually do not have systemic um, uh, hormonal effects. They are localized. Um, they don't have things like the weight gain, the depression, the um, you know the changes in skin, uh, etc. Say, giving me a look. We got to. We do have to wrap that. it up, but I'll I'll give you a closing thoughts here. Um. Yeah. So I mean, like, I just. I, my my goal i want low abortion right and so if that means you know giving people kind of the education and the tools to not get pregnant in the first place like i'm all for it yeah i okay so, yeah yeah that's my closing i thought. think that's fair thank you man probably on un, uncontroversial <laughs> thanks see y'all have a good night appreciate it okay let's catch in on uh on our chatters Oh my gosh, is it time again? I must have taken a long... I don't think we have a ton to work with here, so we should be good. We can get right back to calls. Uh, Deuce Bag over on DLive. Uh, L-M-M-O. Laugh my mask off. That's a new acronym. Instead of laughing my ass off. Laugh my mask off. We'll go with that. Uh, check in on Streamlabs. And on YouTube, I left off with Tim Del Vecchio. He's up next. But on, uh, I think we're, we're actually good on, uh, on Streamlabs. Tim says, uh, my wife and I love you guys. Thanks. Thanks for the rational discussion and insight and you too blonde for the brutal reality talk. There you go. <laughs> uh, thank you. Mike Bob says, hi guys. Either of you been on a kill streamer would consider it. It might be a little spicy. Think ring of fire spice, but generally good guys who like to have a laugh. Keep it up. Um, yeah. I mean, we, I've not been on it. Have you? I have not. Uh, I, I have interacted with Ethan here and there, but I don't know him well, but sure. If generally speaking, I'm open to accepting invitations to things and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Holden Mulray. Hi, truth seekers. Can you foresee an exodus from cities lasting decades like post-World War II? I've been an enthusiastic supporter of new urbanism and downtown renewal, but I may be reaching an inflection. Uh, yeah, dude. I, I loved living in cities and I still left. I, well, I think we're going to see a mass exodus for a whole bunch of reasons. Black Lives Matter riots, coronavirus, take your pick out yeah. of the grab bag. I think a lot of people who can, the people who have the means to leave cities will leave cities, which means what? That opportunity and investment and wealth in those places is going to be even more tough and harder to find than it is in, in certain neighborhoods already, which is very unfortunate. But I can yeah. envision so many people coming out of these cities that we basically build new cities. I mean, I'm speaking from one of those places. Like, obviously I'm not saying Bozeman is going to be Denver or Salt Lake tomorrow, but man, check back with me in 30, 40, 50 yeah, years. 50 years. After right. this, we might have totally different urban centers in this country with how bad this is going. Yeah. Totally yeah. could happen. Um, Jenny Nickham says Los Angeles DA Jackie Lacey had BLM show up on her porch in the middle of the night several months ago. Her husband pulled a gun on them and threatened to shoot. Them oh, yeah. Later apologized. Oh, my God. I remember that story. I cut it from the podcast back then. I didn't have time to talk about it. Eric Burns Marsh. The proper response to BLM is 1352. I don't know what you mean. Sir. I think uh, uh, Rachel Dolezal can, had the same had the same stats, didn't she? She did. Yeah. Uh, Melanie Diaz just got back from seeing patients out of state. This is not how PPE works. The system is stupid and I hate everyone and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah. That's, that's probably uh, true for a lot of people. Mike Bob regarding all this secret police crap, the head of DHS had press conference and debunked it. 
officers camo clearly shows police and they did have unique ID officers, not their names. Oh, I did see that. That would they just had a press conference today. So I have to walk back a little bit of my skepticism. That said, I mean, again, in a perfect world, I would like more identification than just police because police can mean a lot of things. I want to know what force. Right. That said, as I said on Sunday, I understand the logistical and tactical reality of Portland. That is to say, and I said it then, I'll say it again. That's about as smooth of an arrest as I could have ever possibly envisioned in Portland. So well done. Good for, yeah. good for you guys. And as far as the identification, this is another angle that they mentioned in the press conference that I haven't thought that I hadn't thought of. You put the names of the officers on the uniform. Guess what happens? Doxed, right. targeted, yeah. home destroyed, wife killed, all that. So yep. I, I get it. And believe you me, I don't want to be the guy who puts on the uniform and goes in to arrest the Antifa guy. I want nothing to do with that. So I, I do understand the realities of what we're dealing with here. Redwall 1521. Um, Abba and preach are absolute trash. Thought they were good and followed them. They turned out to be shills. I don't even know who that is. It was uh, referenced in an earlier super chat about, I, I don't know what the, I don't know who they are either though. So I, I can't, uh, I can't say anything. Um, Bahena fam says we turn off Timpool's live stream to put on yours. You deserve more than you have. I don't think so. Uh, best show on YouTube. He with the great work. Much love from California. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming over. Let's circle back. The Wednesday show is, uh, is, uh, is, is, a. it's touch and go. It's touch and go. <laughs> you never know how it's going to go. That's kind of the fun though. That's why I like doing it. Uh, and my God, we're coming up on four years of doing a Colin show too. Yeah. Colin show came after the Sunday show, like a few months after. Because I was still doing video game streams on Wednesday night when we started the podcast. Yeah, that's true. Yikes. I think How the far f- we've come. I think the probably. first call-in show I did, it might have been the, the... It was right around the election time of 2016. It was right around that. It might have been a little bit earlier. Yeah. But I remember on the Wednesday, or the Wednesday after the Tuesday, that was election day 2016, I remember staying on here and taking calls for like three or four hours. That yeah. was a crazy time. Yeah, yeah. Tales is up next. Tales from the intellectual dark web. Tales, you there? Yeah. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Doing well. What's on your mind? Doing well. Um, I was wanting to ask y'all about y'all's uh, perspective on masks. Mm-hmm. I know both of y'all are kind of like resistant to the general sentiment. but And I know, Matt, you're probably more on the principal side. Right. So I want to hear from both of y'all, but I actually would like to start with Blonde because I feel like she's probably coming more from some kind of pragmatic side. If I'm not wrong. Are you just asking me what, what I think is wrong with it? Yeah, or like what's <clears> making <throat> you resistant to people wearing masks, I guess. It's that's twofold. Uh, one is that the bulk of scientific research seems to, to suggest that masks are only effective in an acute surgical style setting. Um, that wearing them in the way that we're wearing them is not going to prevent disease transmission. It'll prevent like the odd droplet from flying out of your mouth. But in terms of being like this broad safety measure, it, they, they aren't, they just aren't super effective. I mean, people are moving them around and everything like that. Uh, I also hate rebreathing. I, I don't want to smell the inside of my own mouth. Uh, don't want to. The other thing is that I think that this is, symbolic i think that we are witnessing a like like a a coup of the middle class this is this is punitive for the middle class um and so having this symbol 
in, in all of our faces all the time that, that we're being impressed by the technocracy. I, I find so violating and dystopian. And I just, every fiber in my being is like, fuck you, I'm not going to do this. I'm not doing this. If I were really old or if I had some <laughs> underlying condition, I might. And I don't mm. judge people that clearly have an underlying condition that do, but like, I don't want to see all these kids wearing masks. I'm like, this is ridiculous. But what if the kids, like their parents, like, cause you, if you're a kid and your parents have an underlying condition, you should be wearing a mask, right? Or if you're living with someone that has an underlying condition. I mean, if you have a child and, and the parents have underlying conditions and you let that child do anything, you're going to get coronavirus. Like you're going to get it. I think that we're in a situation where, most of us are going to get coronavirus if these tests are accurate. Um, and I just think that it's just not worth it on a societal level to, to be so concerned about it um, when it's just going to sweep through society, no matter what we do. Mm-hmm. Well, cause I had heard Brett Weinstein even talking about, there's some of these secondary or like lesser known side effects. Like apparently it might be producing like brain damage, but not like severe brain damage. like. How do I decide? It's not like it's like super noticeable. It's more like, you know, before coronavirus, you could think clearly. And afterwards, it's a little bit harder to find the words, brain fog, things like oh, that. Oh, you're saying coronavirus so, causes that sort of... I thought you were saying like the the mask or altering your breathing causes that sort of thing. I, I could be mistaken, but the way that I remember Brett talking about it is there do seem to be new evidence showing that some of the people that are getting it are having these effects and we're yeah, not here. I, mean, I guess maybe it at, hasn't... At the end of the day, that's... There. At the end of the day, we are dealing with a lot of unknowns. Some evidence yeah. su- suggests this. Some evidence suggests that. That's uh, getting back to the principal idea that you were talking about before. That is fundamentally why I oppose all of these sorts of mandates. Because perhaps you buy into some of that evidence that, that you're being presented with. Perhaps the guy next to you or down the street or your neighbor doesn't. And... For every study that suggests there are health benefits to doing this, you can counter with a study that suggests there are not just no effects, but health detriments, that there are actually health costs. And in a situation, I don't even, I don't care if all the studies say, or 99% of the studies say health benefit. At the end of the day, you are the person who should be making health choices for yourself. You are the person who's responsible for your own health. And I just, I just don't grant the premise that, that we ought to submit to the decisions of these, these uh, so-called experts or these rulers who are going to make such personal, intimate decisions for us. I, I don't want to live in that world. I reserve the right to make even an idiotic decision that results in my own death. Which I don't think that this is. And then it's in terms of like the brain fog, I mean, typically things aren't going to cause, co- I'm not a doctor, but things aren't going to cause like mild brain damage. And how are we not sure that this isn't just a result of people having a high fever. That could be the case. Like I said, I just heard that in yeah. passing with Brett, but it made me, I didn't even think that I didn't put that like those could even be connected. If that makes sense. Right. Cause I thought this was like a respiratory heart lung thing. I didn't yeah. think you would get like, so that just, it just registered yeah. in my brain is like, Whoa, I didn't think about and that. It'd be as clear but as possible. I, if you want to, if you want to wear a hazmat no, suit to the grocery store, have at it. Absolutely yeah. have at it. I, I just don't want to be hounded by other people yeah. for my choices and I won't hound other people for theirs. 
So I, I agree with the sentiment or the spirit of that, but I mean, you, you kind of lean libertarian, but you don't go like full ANCAP, right, Matt? Generally speaking, no. I mean, I've, I think that the, there's a fundamental purpose for government, which is the uh, protection and preservation of the rights of the people. I don't grant the premise that somebody's violating your rights by not wearing a mask. Just don't go next to that person. Avoid them. Yeah. So I get that, but I guess, couldn't you make an argument that this is like a tragedy of the commons kind of situation where the air is the commons? Here, here's how I would counter that. Uh, is it possible to transmit the virus to somebody unknowingly? Absolutely. Is it possible that the mask might reduce that? Sure. Now explain to me how that's any different than any year ever with the flu or any other communicable virus. Because I don't, this is my problem with the mask. At, when, when will it go away? When, it, when are those conditions ever not true? They are true every single year, all of the time. When would they go away under that, under that setup? I mean, I, I would imagine it would go away like when this virus is no longer perceived to be that much of a threat. Why, like, so we'll either why not the more? flu next year? I mean, what, is there a certain threshold at which it's, uh, it, at which it's, um, the, it, it's transmission rate or at, at which it's fatality rate uh, exceeds right. that we kick and this at rule what into point, place? At what point in, in this timeline, in this never-ending timeline, are we going to be like, we're not taking these measures anymore? Because I'm, I'm not signing up for a society that is going to behave in this way indefinitely. I don't think anybody signed up for this. Um, and I don't think that this is because of the virus. I think this is because of the policy decisions, the, the politics surrounding this. Um, and we really are at the behest of people that we did not elect making major life decisions about our personal risk assessment. And I deeply, as a freedom-loving American, resent that. I resent that, and I will not abide. I won't do it. See, and I, I'm, that's why I'm torn, because like, I do generally lean towards freedom as being like a primary value, even though that's not like a popular position with like the American public. I mean, people spout that off, but they don't actually tend to favor it when they poll about things related to it. But... It seems like, because what I've heard about the mask is at the very least, it destigmatizes people that might have the coronavirus. Like they have the symptoms or they're likely to think they have it, but they're going to, in a situation where they wouldn't want to put on the mask because they're going to be treated like a leper by society, because if only the sick people wear the masks, then you're um, going to know. Why, why don't we all roll around in wheelchairs? Yeah, for real. Well, I think in that situation, we've, you wouldn't have the leper situation with like people in wheelchairs. I mean, that's just how it was. It, someone was. I mean, it also it, it also transmits through your eyes. Why don't we? All, why don't we all wear goggles? Why yeah. don't we destigmatize those? I mean, I don't know. If, well, I think it would all kind of be wrapped up, right? Because like, if they had us like all wearing goggles, or like suggested we all wear goggles, then you would avoid that same situation I just, right? I just like, don't understand that like how is me walking around without a mask stigmatizing masks the only way to stigmatize the mask is to walk up to a person and say you suck for wearing a mask no I think it's the way they explained it to me was basically really the only people that need to be wearing masks are anyone that actually has the virus right so if you have already contracted it but if we are in a situation where we actually put it like that like if you have the virus or if you have enough symptoms where it's likely of the virus you should wear a mask or you're required by law or whatever then the problem is going to be we're all going to know anytime we see someone with a mask that those people have the virus. So they're going to be treated like, I, I know somebody walking around with an oxygen tank is probably uh, has emphysema or something like that. I mean, 
that's not stigmatized. Well, yeah, typically people people don't think you can catch emphysema, right? Whereas, you know, coronavirus is like AIDS back in the 90s where like, if you find out someone has AIDS. If you have corona, what are you doing walking around in public? Like, shouldn't that be stigmatized anyway if you actively have a communicable virus and you're walking around willy-nilly? No, yeah, it definitely should, but I would imagine you still have to get, like, groceries and, like, the few things that even during a lockdown pretty much everyone was allowed to do. But but this, I mean, this totally flips, this concept or this perspective flips everything upside down. That is to say, it's now the responsible thing to go grocery shopping when you have an active infection. It's irresponsible for me to just go grocery shopping as a normal person behaving in a normal way. No, it's not the the way that they explained it was basically most people are going to feel caught between not wanting to be treated by a leper by society. So if they have it, the responsible thing would be for them to stay in their home yeah. and stay away from people, right? But there no, are but we've reached we've reached critical mass with the coronavirus. At this point in time, nobody is going to have that. There's not going to be this leper thing because so many people have had and currently have coronavirus. I don't know. See, I thought that was the case, but from me maybe being stupid, it looks like only like 1% of the U.S. population has been confirmed to have it. We have, so that's we have like 4 million cases. It's, it's over 1% because we have 4 million cases, and the CDC is saying between 10 and 20. I've seen between 4 and 26 times as many people they estimate have had it. That, that would put you potentially at over 100 million. It's possible that a third of the country, high end, high oh, wow. end, unlikely. But high end, according to the CDC, it's not me. This is according to the CDC's uh, estimate. 100 million people is possible. That's true. Okay, I must have just been looking at the confirmed cases, so I didn't think about it. Yeah, it's it's just over 4 million tested. Well, even that is, who knows if they're tested. A lot of those are presumed, as we've been talking about. Anyway, I appreciate uh, the thoughts and um, and, uh, pushing back on it. Do you have any final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, no, I just uh, appreciated hearing y'all's perspective sure. on it. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. Y'all have a good night. No problem. Okay. Thank you guys for your patience. I, I probably let that one run a little long, but you know, masks and abortion get me, uh, get me going a little bit. Must- what about having an abortion while you're wearing a mask? Oh, God. That you call will- be like a 30 minute call. <laughs> you want to be, you want to be very safe while you're having that procedure done. It's probably being done at Planned Parenthood. I, I guarantee that's probably happening at Planned Parenthood right to now. To be fair, they probably wore masks before. I guess, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a surgical procedure of sorts, so it's probably a, an always thing. But yes, it does seem especially ridiculous in this context. Mame that fetus, just make sure it doesn't get infected. Yep. Mr. Asian, Definitely. what's on your mind? Oh, yeah, just uh, going along the coronavirus uh, topic. Um, I guess I'm getting a little conspiratorial, but I'm not putting it past these uh, psychopaths who want to control people or when push the uh, vaccine stuff is like if you do you remember you guys remember the uh the interview with bill gates on forbes i don't where think he I said saw it. the Were next about wave mandatory vaccines yeah basically like um basically he said oh the next wave that will get their attention basically he knows that this is like a nothing burger right now like what is what we're going through right now Technically, it's not it's a nothing burger. The next wave, everybody's you know pushing. Oh, next lockdown, the next you know thing that's coming, and and now and, and he said the next like thing would actually get their attention and get I guess us the attention, and and so when the next wave comes, like oh, it's actually something that's really super bad, like what we're seeing 
like what happened in Wuhan, right? Like people yeah. falling in the streets. And it's like, oh, okay, oh, it's all those people who don't want the vaccine. These those people don't want want the uh, the mask that that's you know we're going to spontaneously blame, collapse next next round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> I'm just not putting in past the past past these uh, these cycles, and and just he said that, and at the end, him and Melinda both basically had a shitty green grin on their faces. It's like you know, like as, as with something, this is something funny. Basically, so yeah, so I don't I, know. I'd have just, to see it. Yeah, I just haven't seen it, so I don't. I hard for me to comment on it, but yeah, I could picture yeah. it. it. Yeah, just look it up. Say like, uh, that will get their attention. Do you basically. know when? Uh, when? When did that happen? Around what time it was, was like that interview? Around, I forgot exactly. Basically, if you, I think YouTube like the clips are sparse because I think they're I don't know maybe they're taking it down. I'm, I'm not sure, but. It was like maybe at the beginning of the uh, the whole thing, or something, or maybe midway through it, mm. because like it's like, oh, well, that will does... get your attention. Yeah. Just speaking on the Go concept ahead. of the second wave, without knowing that specific Bill Gates quote, it does. Yeah. I, I mean, I still, I say, I always like to turn on the morning news and see what they're saying. It's always the fear mongering of the second wave. What's going to happen in the fall? They sort of move their perspective that way, cynically. As though they have a crystal ball to know, <laughs> as though yeah. this is a certainty and, and not just uh, panic-based fear-mongering. I don't know. That's maybe getting a little mm-hmm. too tinfoily for, that I can justify. But there's a lot of discussion of that sort of thing as though it is a certain future occurrence rather than pure speculation. Yeah. Hmm. Got you. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so just just bringing that up, and uh, and I guess like you know, like there are people who uh, I guess push this idea that you know is to flush out people who identify people who don't want to go be cattle, basically. Yeah, you know, get tracked and traced and implanted like a cattle. Yeah. So yeah. Well, it is so, to yeah. to Blonde's point, it is uh, a totally bizarre, unnatural experience to be walking around the grocery store be the one guy with my mask pulled off my face and everybody's kind of <laughs> some people are just kind of like glancing at you or it's, it's it's weird how something that was a totally normal aspect of daily life a few weeks ago now will have certain people looking upon you with scorn right That's and weird. do i fear that more and the the effects of that more or do I fear a virus, which in my age, age group and general situation, which is that I have no comorbidities, has a 99.99% recovery rate? Um, like, I definitely fear the loss of freedom much more. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, ultimately, I'm almost looking forward to a boogaloo than more to boogaloo than, than this kind of bullshit. Yeah. What a lame yeah, way yeah. to get it kicked off. I was hoping for something a little more legit. No, who would have thought? It's a fucking <laughs> bat virus, right? Thank you, man. Have a good night. Okay. All right. Have a good night. Yeah. If I I constantly joke that we may have had the Rona back in, in February, but hell, I mean, it seriously could have happened. We stayed right next to Chinatown in February. You tell me the Rona wasn't there at 100% was, and we got sick. And if I did indeed have Corona, which I won't be able to demonstrate until I get an antibodies test someday, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll be able to get it. But if I had it, I will tell you that the mono I had the summer prior 10 times worse, 20 times yeah. worse, like way worse. Mono is the sickest I've ever been in my adult life. 
and and this sickness. I remember that, that. you were sick as hell. You looked terrible. That was <laughs> it was so bad I canceled a stream. That's how bad it was. But yeah. I was like shivering in the tub, dying. Yeah, and uh, and whatever I picked up near Chinatown in California in February was. Uh, if you didn't say anything to me, I'd be like, yeah, it was kind of a a gross winter flu or winter cold. It was just uh, some hacking for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Batman. Batman's up next. Batman, you there? Let him hang out. Oh, I'm here. Oh, good. I think it takes it takes a little moment for the uh, the feed to get to me sometimes. Sure. Uh, so, hey, how you how you doing? It's been a while. Yeah, glad to hear your your voice. How are the streets of Gotham? <laughs> um, fucked. Like <laughs> the Rona hit it hard, huh? And the people hit it harder. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm yeah, I'm kind of stoked that I got in tonight. Anyway, um, so. Uh, Red Felcor kind of started me off right. uh, with the whole McCluskey um, right. thing. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with you that um, I think they did nothing wrong. But what were their options here? Right. What, what, what could they have done? Uh, I suppose the options they have would have been to cower and hide in their house and call 911. At which point it, it, it is entirely possible that then they get burned out of their houses. Right. Yeah. yeah. And entirely possible. These people are. There's a late or, of or wild no animals emergency response. Possibly exactly. Not. So at this point, the their Second Amendment rights have been, in fact, violated thanks to a Soros funded prosecutor. Yeah. Um, and that is literally the reason why 2A exists. I agree. So yeah. it's supposed it's self-perpetuating nature is not functioning here. Um, and from what I understand, the cops who then came, it, rather than respond, of course, to the emergency call, um, who came instead to take their guns away, yeah. were, from what I understand, very polite um, and apologetic, and they yeah. didn't want to do it, but they yeah. were, but they did it. They did it anyway, in spite of the fact that it was, um, uh, they stuck their dick straight into the, uh, into the Constitution, right? It's it's exactly what it was there to stop. Yeah. I wonder how that conversation down at the old police station went and who yeah. got the short end of that stick. I wonder how many of them did Not say, yeah. uh, I want nothing to do with this, but ended up mm -hmm. being put to the task. And then to the question you may be getting at, if you're the one who's given that order, it, what is the moral thing to do? Not just well, the moral thing to do, the moral thing to do, I think, is because they swore an oath to the Constitution. They'd be to tell the person who gives them that order to go fuck themselves. I agree. I agree. That's that is what you swore to protect and uphold, not the orders of what's her face prosecutor, uh, Kim Gardner. Gardner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that um, I have been slowly uh, progressing towards perhaps a more. Um, Maybe a little bit more of an uh, an aggressive approach the to these tread things on because them, I don't killdozer perspective. Is that what you're saying? Not 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 quite. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah. Yet being the operative function in that sentence. Sure. But um, <laughs> but um, I I do think that in um in my opinion we have long since passed the point where we need to be organizing into anti-authoritarian like militias mm. because I don't I don't think that there's I don't think that there's any there's no way you can talk to these people anymore. Know. You know, um, we have discussed dire. in the past, how do you, yeah, how do you, how do you deal with people who, you know, you can't talk to, right? And the fact is now these people are in power and they're using that power against us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I suppose maybe so, the only thing they did wrong was not having a uh, hundred armed men there to protect their property, or yeah, or, well, or that's, having that's a, actually where I, an armed presence on. That, the, yeah, that's where I was headed. Yeah, to say uh, no, uh, rights will not be violated here. Stop right there. I I don't I don't want the state of our society to get to that point. However, it would be naive to ignore the trajectory. And actually, given what we have seen, particularly in this case and in other cases that are like it and have that have been moving in this direction for the last decade, yeah. I think we're there. I think we're there already. Yeah. And the only thing that's stopping the only thing that's stopping us from protecting our own rights is our inability to organize. I do think there's a lot of truth to that, as we've as we've commented on before, uh, that if mm. if this sort of BS came to my neighborhood, I am woefully unprepared to organize my neighbors in the way that I should be able to. Yeah. And I'm trying to do a little bit yeah, better. I'm, at that. I'm in New York, so I'm fucked. Oh, anyway. yeah, well, you, you need, new, <laughs> you don't need to do better neighbor networking. You need new neighbors. That's what you need. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. The net, the little bit of neighbor chat I have done, which I'm very happy to have done, but it turns out my neighbors are cooler than me and they've initiated some conversation with me, but I am happy to know people who live around me are absolutely of the right mindset and I could organize with them. If I needed to, it's, it's on me to do that. And, and I've been slacking in that department. I, but your point is well taken. Uh, your neighborhood needs to be able to defend itself from any and all enemies and from people who come to your neighborhood with the intent of violating your rights. You should be able to stand up to that sort of force and be prepared to protect yourself. I agree fully. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think that we, I think we as um, collectively as people who are not rabid, commie leftist um jerkwads are um we 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 have been failing to we've been waiting we've been waiting for the right time quote unquote yeah right oh when when they do certain things that are egregious breaches of the line but they've already breached so many lines and we keep moving it we need to do it now yeah. like we're, we're we're we are up against the wall and I'm not black pilled necessarily. I think that they're doing a good job of destroying their own cities and changing a lot of minds themselves. <laughs> sure, but um, yeah. but uh, I I am of the opinion that these people are getting more and more dangerous. I agree, and, and more and more organized. Lives. And I think the fatal flaw, yes. uh, arguably in conservatism, but more so in libertarianism, is it's a view that says, "Just leave me alone, and I'll leave you alone." Okay, well, what happens when they say no? What happens when they say no? We're not going to exactly. leave you alone, and we're highly organized. Okay, well, better be prepared to respond in kind. Right. And that is that is actually my personal argument against balkanization as well. I like it in in theory, but in practice, they will never permit you to operate in a space where they do not have moral authority. They will follow you with everything I, they have. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you for the thoughts. Much appreciated. Of course. Yeah. Uh, it was great to uh great to hear you guys again. Yeah. Good Me to too. hear from you as well. Have a good night. You as well. Okay, we're right on the time limit. Let's let's just take one more last call and then we'll hop okay. into the uh we'll hop into the email questions for the Republic, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's on your mind? Uh well originally I was going to talk about abortion. But go for it. I love talking abortion. But if you want to talk something else. Yeah, no, it's been done to death. Right. And I know you go on a you add a little extra time for that. So in the interest of time, we'll spend a half hour. I'll switch the topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so instead, let's say that the left does, in fact, win the presidency mm -hmm. and they manage to take both the Senate and the House. Mm -hmm. uh, 
once they have all of the power, what do you think their first major policy push is going to be? Ooh, are you, you saying they had like gun control? Yeah, they, if they have yeah. a, a even a filibuster-proof majority, there's no yeah. there's no they, check let, on that. Let's yeah, worst case scenario, yeah. they have uh, all the power. They filibuster-proof everything. Yeah, I mean, do you think they're going to be pushing gun control? Do you think they're going to immediately try to eliminate the electoral college? Do you think they're going to push health care, fifteen dollar minimum wage, launch the fifty third investigation into Trump, <laughs> or? This would be an interesting or, or uh, Vegas. Uh, it'd be interesting to put Vegas odds on all of these. If <laughs> yeah. I was, if I was an yeah. odds maker, I would put gun con. If I would, I would say the top three odds to me would be one hundred percent illegal amnesty, uh, confiscation of firearms mm-hmm. generally, but certainly scary black rifles they don't like. And as much as I, th- I would like to think that they would go for what they view as a positive, which would be a uh, like some sort of healthcare takeover. I yep. think TDS would probably kick in and they would, they would investigate and, and probably figure out a way to jail Trump. Oh, that's, that's a given. They're, go, they're yeah. going to launch an investigation at some point. That's it's a given. Yeah. Do you think, uh, did I, did I miss any blonde? Do you think that's was, was a good top three or. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, which of the three do you think is most likely illegals, gun Ugh. confiscation, Trump. probably gun confiscation. I mean, it seems like they're already trending. Like the left is already trending uh, really enthusiastically in that direction uh, with the Mikulski's case. As long as they send mm-hmm. Beto personally, I'm all for this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch. I don't it. know, but then they probably wouldn't be able to resist any kind of uh, punitive Trump measures either. Yeah. Do, do you think I missed any big ones for the Republic? Anything on your list? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I definitely think that uh, they're going to be bringing up the Electoral College. Yeah, that would be um, a good one, too. They have and, to amend the Constitution to do that, though. Yes, that would take a constitutional amendment, and they don't have enough of the states for that. So yeah. we're, we're safe to a degree. However, if they actually got uh, the ball rolling on that, they, I mean, depending on what kind of time limits they put on that, they could have that on the books for states to either be waiting to pass or not for years just yeah. waiting for the right opportunity to get a couple states to knock it down one at a time so who knows huh. um but then then just the last word if i can have one yeah of course so i mean hypothetically if there was a person a couple few weeks back who was trying to sell both of you on a certain state <laughs> and I, I, I won't say which state i recall because, yeah it's, uh, it's it's bringing me back yeah Yep, yep. I won't. Uh, I won't. I won't say which state because Blonde was uh, braiding me for mentioning that and encouraging people to come out that way. But yeah. hypothetically, if such a state were to exist, I would add that that state, uh, under law, cannot have a firearm buyback program, and no agent of the state, no police force, and no taxes can be utilized for such a purpose in that state ever. The feds so have their would ways, have to, They always yeah. Well, do. yes. It, it, but it would only... The only people who could actually enforce it would be the feds. And yeah. for that, I do say good luck. Well, yeah. I mean, we have similar gun laws here. As far as Montana state law is concerned, no federal gun laws apply. You can manufacture and have whatever the hell you want in this state as long as it is uh, handled entirely in state. 
But the feds, yeah. the ATF, will still come here and bust you up for it. They'll still snipe your wife and your dog if you try it. But that's the thing. It's got to be an ATF agent. If if uh, yep. Montana Sheriff's Department found, finds you with a supposedly illegal weapon configuration, by law, they're not supposed to care. But yep. in a, as a practical matter, they might call up their friend who works for the ATF down the street. It definitely could happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, well, thank you for the thoughts. And hopefully we don't re- yeah. live out this reality in any way. Uh, I don't know. Some days I think the best thing Trump could do to ensure his election is just to not say a thing. Yeah, maybe. The, just let them do the convincing but, against themselves for him. Exactly. They've yeah. been doing fine jobs. So Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Thank you, man. But yeah, have, have a good night. night. Okay. Appreciate all the patience of the college tonight. I know we didn't, um, well, not we. I didn't do the greatest job with time management because uh, I got sucked into some conversations there. Appreciate your patience as always, guys. And if you're having trouble getting into the live room or you want to participate but you can't do it live, please do send us an email. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Put call-in show question in the subject line. We will respond to those questions in the last segment of the show, as in right now. Jugger, you need to step out or are you good? Uh, it's okay. Jugger says, uh, though some or through some digging and my own experience wearing a mask uh, causes asthma. If wearing a mask causes asthma and the Kung flu is a respiratory virus, uh, then wouldn't it be logical that wearing a mask could trigger an asthmatic like response in asymptomatic carriers? I have no idea. Maybe. So it's, it's probably above my uh, medical qualification to speak on this sort of thing. But I, I will say, just as a total medical layman, just as a guy with only his own experience navigating this earth, you are not meant to restrict your breathing in this way. You are not meant to breathe in the CO2 that you just exhaled. Yeah. Obviously, we mask up for certain outdoor activities. Go snowboarding in the winter and it's super cold. You mask up all the time. But that's the point. Even in that environment, it might be two degrees out. And if I'm on the chairlift or something, yeah, I have a mask over my face because it's crazy cold. But as soon as you get your heart rate up and you're breathing a little heavier, that mask is off my face. I don't care how cold it is because even just the one thin layer of cloth restricting your breathing when your heart rate is even slightly elevated while you're exercising. No, I'm not doing that. That's too constricting. That's not good for you. That's not healthy. So I just, I understand we're in weird times and I'm not saying that it's impossible that it could have some Corona benefits, but I do believe that there are definitely downsides to it too, that there are negatives that are going to impact you by wearing a mask throughout the day. That's not a natural yeah. thing to do. And your hot smelly breath too. I never knew how yeah. bad my breath was <laughs> until I started wearing a mask. Um, this is from Chris. I wonder if any of y'all have been paying attention to the, the trial involving Patreon and patrons of Owen Benjamin. People have been talking about this all the time, yet regrettably, I know basically nothing about this. I've only seen Mike Cernovich's live tweeting, and I would encourage people who are interested in following it to check out Cernovich's feed. The last hearing in the case, what, he was live tweeting the whole time with updates. Last I saw from him, there was a decision from the judge that was expected in a few weeks' time, so I think we're kind of in that gap right now. But if this goes the way that Cernovich was forecasting it should, it does mean that Patreon may be liable to a whole bunch of people that it that it banned, which does not include us, but I am in favor yeah. of for purely, I admit, spiteful, punitive reasons. Um, they they need to be 
this company needs to face some serious damages for the way that it treated its creators. To this day, there was never any, I, I get it. It's their property. They can operate how they want. But there's there's something to be said for a bait and switch too. You baited a whole bunch of creators to come over there and uh, earn a bunch of money for themselves and you by creating content voluntarily through support from their from their viewers. And then suddenly in the middle of it, you changed the terms and said, no, we're not doing that anymore. Well, yeah, I got to imagine there are legal implications for that sort of bait and switch scheme. And uh, and perhaps that's what's being litigated here. Josh says, do you think a war with the Chinese is imminent? If so, do you think it is beneficial for the U.S. to wage war against the Chinese communists? Uh, I think a, I, I honestly think a civil war with ourselves is much more likely much more likely but uh do i think that the that it'd be do i think it'd be better if the chinese weren't a bunch of communist pieces of crap absolutely do i have a lot of faith that we would be we would be able to go over there and impose um impose liberal values like liberal democratic values on china no i i do not so i i certainly as as much as i i think that uh china obviously is responsible for what we're going through right now ultimately and as much as I want China to face some punishment for that, I, I'm more on team just disassociate from China. Just pull everything yeah, you, you know, can out of yeah. China, leave them alone yeah. and say, stay the hell over there on your side of the globe. Mind you, it's possible they come after us for whatever reason. So we got to be very defensively prepared. But I just don't I don't think war with China would be a wise move for us personally. Agreed. This is from Dark. Have you noticed a shift in the way you or others feel about other races or groups since 2016? And if so, what will the consequences be if a large majority of people's thinking shifts this way? Vulcanization? I, I like that. Is that, uh, is that a play on words of some kind? Yeah, the Vulcan are a, they're a Star Trek. People. Oh, it's a Trekkie joke. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, have I noticed any major change? Uh, no, I pretty much felt this way in 2016. Um, and I was making videos about how we should balkanize in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if people continue to shift in the direction they're clearly shifting in, then yeah, I think that's an obvious consequence. Do, have I noticed a shift in the way you or others feel? Well, I would say that I've never been more race conscious, nor have people I know been more race conscious in my lifetime than right now. And yeah. I, I say that not in, f- I don't say that in endorsement or rejection. Because the thing that drives me nuts about all of this is assignment of moral weight to things that are true about the world. Like there are like it or not, there are just some differences among groups, no matter how you cut it. You could cut it along racial lines. You could cut it along sex lines. You could cut it along gay straight lines. Anytime you, you cut society into groups, you will have differences across those groups. That's just the reality. And I don't think you're a racist for acknowledging that reality. That said, I still maintain, and I would hope that everyone would maintain, a commitment to judging the individual as an individual, not a member of the group, but we're now being yeah. told that that is in itself racist by the by the woke left because you're supposed to take that individual as a group member first and assume victim status or oppressor status or all sorts of things based on group characteristics of that individual. So I have never felt more race conscious in my own perspective, and I'm sort of fighting that because I, I don't, I neither want to deny reality nor treat an individual inappropriately. And that kind right. of, that can be somewhat of a delicate balance. 
I want to acknowledge the truths of the truths of the world while treating an individual fairly. I think that's a perfectly defensible position, but you have all sorts of people saying like, well, no, that guy, that guy's a black guy. So he, we know that he's a victim and he's oppressed and this guy's a, a white male. So we know he's king of society and uh, gives everyone their marching orders. No, no, I don't know. I, 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 maybe you haven't noticed much in, in a shift in your own perspective, but I, I think you'd agree that, that everyone else's perspective is more racialized now than it was then. It was pretty bad then. So, but this black lives matter thing has really forced people to, uh, evaluate their own attitudes on race for better or worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. And there's no acting like this is not making people distinctively more racist. Uh, yeah, I think that it, I think that is the effect. Yeah. Like seeing a bunch of black people loot a Nike store is not making anybody feel better about the black community and criminality. No, like, I, is I, it? no I don't think so at all. And especially Stop fulfilling stereotypes. How about that? And what, what makes it, I don't know if this makes it worse or which one is worse, but they're, they're compounding factors. You have these sorts of these looting and rioting events, but then you have the media cover-up effort or the political cover-up effort. And that that makes it worse because, yeah. yeah, it's possible that this is an isolated group of criminality that isn't representative of a broader community. But then why are we going to such great lengths to deny the reality of what's happening? Exactly. Um, Brandon says, with the rise of anti-religious ideology, especially in academia, my question is this. Without the morals or ethics established by religions like Christianity and Catholicism, how would society know, this is such a mad question, um, that the difference between right and wrong uh, enough to make things like murder, rape, and pedophilia illegal? God, I, mean, I, I, I think we talk about natural, a natural sense of morality all the time. Um, you know when things are right and wrong innately, and that in many ways, I mean, I think that's bestowed by God, but that in many ways um, is totally separate from what is ordained by state. Yeah, and the question, so how would society know the difference between right and wrong without established religions like Christianity and Catholicism? Well, I th- I do believe that the objective morality of right and wrong uh pre-exists any religious text or anything like that. But I don't think how, how do I want to phrase this? I think that we have an innate sense of objective right and wrong within us. I think everybody does. A, a certain conscience where you feel good when you do something that is moral where you feel bad when you do something that is immoral and where religious texts and religious teachings come into that, I think is, is more clear articulation of that to get these are sort of gut feelings that you have in yourself, but, but religious texts can be useful in explaining that in intellectual terms, I think. Yeah. I mean, okay. Imagine that you have a man and a woman on an Island. It's like the old blue lagoon situation, like without any knowledge of the outside world, they would know that they wanted to bang each other. Yes. And then when she got pregnant and had a baby, she would know instinctively to put the baby to her breast and to breastfeed. Yeah. Like there are things about our biology and our physiology and our sense of morality that are innate to us. And when you see somebody else in pain because of something that you've done, you know it's wrong. Yeah. In the same, like I think a lot of that stuff would happen naturally because I do believe they are natural rights, natural law, but in the same way that a biologist might be able to sit down and explain to you, um, this is why you have that natural urge to conceive a child. This is why you have that natural urge to feed a child. Perhaps 
uh, Christianity, Catholicism, other religions can explain to you this is why and how those natural rights came to be. I don't know if that's a fair analogy, but I think the natural rights and the natural law pre-exist these things. It's an explainer. It's not that those things wouldn't exist without it, but I think that they're probably useful in helping to understand them. Right. So it's not the um, originator of the, of natural law. It's a reflection of existing natural yeah, law. Yeah. It's kind of redundant. I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair way to characterize it. Thanks for the thinker. You've burned all my brain energy for the remainder of the night. I know, right? It's not even eight yet. House says, uh, how did uh, you do it? Each of you have expressed some degree of animus to assigning or assisting foreign ally nations. Yet a community in a community, you advocate assisting friendly neighbors in common defense. Does our own self-interest not extend outside of our community borders? Can the same calculus not be applied globally uh, that is applied locally? That's a good question. Uh, do you have a thought on that? Well, my hands are all orange. Gross. Um yeah, I don't think it can be applied globally because, as you can see by the futility of voting on a national level, we don't have any say in what goes on. Our interests are not are uh, not expressed through voting, and basically, representative democracy is a farce. So, I don't have any faith that my interests, my self interest, will be expressed in a in a global way or in a national way. Yeah. I can trust on my, I can trust my community because I've specifically chosen a community with a very narrow window of what we can and cannot believe. And pretty much everybody believes the same thing. So I've chosen to live there. So I know that like 80% of the people around me have got my back Yeah, um, on a national scale. No, I can't trust these fucking people. I think that, I can kind of grant the philosophical premise that that there there may be uh, some benefit to helping certain people across the globe who are trying to uphold the same values that you want to see upheld. Where I question, I, so I can get with the philosophy here, or the principle, I suppose, but I really question the practicality. That is to say, how are you going to fairly and accurately represent all of the interests in a country as big as this one by taking money by force from people and then sending it over to wherever you want to send it. So I would say that the proper answer for this sort of thing is if you want to voluntarily support uh, charities operating in other countries, international organizations doing work in other countries, absolutely possible. There's some real benefit to, to be had there. Do I have faith in the forcible extraction of my money by the federal government and the redistribution of it to other countries to be, perfectly aligned with not only how I would want my actually money spent, not. but actually in my self-interest, not much. So also who decides who the ally is? Look yeah. at the, the catastrophe of world war two. I mean, yeah. allying with communists to defeat national socialists retarded. Why, so, why on earth would we do that? Yeah. I would say, I would say that the same principle that he's talking about, I think does extend uh, beyond local or even internationally. But the question is, who's making the decisions to do that sort of support. And I think it has to remain with the person who's actually sending the money instead of just forcibly taken from you. Right. I don't think I'm comfortable with doing anything like this beyond like a very basic local level. Yeah. Not even on a state level, honestly. <laughs> this, is, um, this is a you question. This next one. Thank you. House. Henry. Oh, no. Anna and Anon. Anon. Oh, whoops. Oh yeah. Where, where do Mongolians fit on the Asian hierarchy? What about Siberians? Okay. So, I thought about this. They're warring Asians, which would outrank jungle Asians, but would be lower than your erudite Asians. 
So like there's going to be no beating the, the Japanese and and the Koreans. There's just South Koreans. Fine. Uh, but I would say that they still outrank your Indonesians, your Vietnamese and your Filipinos. Yeah. I'm trying to look at some of these like, am, am I an idiot? Was Attila the Hun like Mongolian in any way? Or is that am I totally? Uh, I think he was Hun. He was Hun. But where is that in relation to Mongolian? I'm, I'm digging myself here i'm just trying to admire mongols like, and and hans are distinct not, ethnic chinese entities okay I gotcha i'm just trying to admire like the hardcore warlords and give them credit where due that's all um and then siberian i mean those people are messing around they are ethnically asian but reside in russia so they're like double hardcore wasn't there some like badass mongolian guy who am i thinking of i don't know I'm not. I'm not great in my. Uh... Genghis Khan wasn't Mongolian. Maybe, maybe I don't know. My knowledge of the history of that part of the world very limited. Obviously, let's see. Uh, Henry says, "Do you think it would be accurate to call Obama the Democratic version of Reagan? Republicans still oh, love Reagan for his Mongolian. charisma." We're really dumb. Who was Genghis, Genghis Khan. Khan? That must be who I'm thinking of then. That's that's. See, I know exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> Anyway, the question from Henry. Do you think it would be accurate to call Obama the Democratic version of Reagan? Republicans still love Reagan for his charisma, even though he granted amnesty and supported gun control. Likewise, Democrats fawn over Obama for being the first black president, even though he deported many illegals and cut taxes a lot. Um, Maybe it's a fair comparison. I certainly would say that if Barack Obama were to try to run in today's Democratic Party, as the version of himself that ran in 2008, he would be a non-starter. Not even his he skin tone would get him excused yeah. for the things he was saying. Yeah, I mean, Kamala Harris is not black enough. She had to buy an entirely new face just to deal with people not thinking that she was black enough. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, and Reagan, it goes beyond this. People think that Reagan is this great uh, conservative, but he done fucked up like a lot during his presidency. I don't think he's quite the president people think that he is. Hmm. All right. Thank you for that. This is from Hands. Yeah. Thanks for the safe space. I need it working with young women who constantly complain about people not wearing masks. I feel as though the ideology is so naked. What might be a way to, tr- to draw a line from them between their fatherless lives, their hatred of some nebulous patriarchy, their tyrannical tendencies, and their adherence to BLM, which wants the destruction of the family. Combating fatherlessness, especially in middle-class women, is how we win the war. Your thoughts? Um, so women are highly receptive to domination and they are highly receptive to the influence of group think. Mm. So if you really want to change a woman's mind, make her feel like everybody thinks she's retarded and like sexually dominate her. (laughs) Even if that's just a verbal thing. I see. Okay. Sexual harassment would solve all of these problems. It had its place. It did. Yeah, it had its. I that's uh, that's such a you question that I can't even opine. I um, that's the sort of thing that that's the sort of thing that I wish younger me would have understood, you know. But you live and you learn, and I think you're probably right. I mean, that's the the way you're what you're saying is bound to get him the scorn in the moment of of these women that are bothering him. However, but she'll get those tingles and she'll be thinking about it long later. term. It's yeah, it's probably effective. Probably mm-hmm. effective. Red says with the surge of mobs and much more serious threats 
than a single gunman or a burglar. Have you thought about getting much more serious gear and training with firearms? What about uh, your your girlfriend, fiance? She'll be very mad if I use the term girlfriend. Or blonde. I don't think blonde is going to let anyone turn her into a single mother without a fight, but wouldn't her best hope uh, be for her to be better trained to help in that case? Yeah, I mean, um, I am proficient with our firearms uh, in a home invasion situation. If the safety was off of my gun and it was loaded and it was right next to me, I'd probably be able to fire off a few shots at pretty close range. Like, I'd be okay. I'm not a terrible shot. I go to the gun range every few months. Like, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but in like a precision shooting situation, I'm, I'm totally screwed. I do rely almost 100% on my husband to protect me. But I also think that that's the natural order of things. I don't put myself in situations where I would have to protect myself anymore sure yeah um we have not taken any formal tactical training i'm kind of interested in doing there's actually a lot of pop-up businesses around here by retired military and there's actually a place right near my house that has a whole uh what do they call those um those indoor environments where you move through and there's actually like targets popping up like a tactical training center where you're moving through you're you're moving through a house environment or a building environment and you have threats revealing themselves and you have to navigate this and handle it correctly, yeah. all sorts of cool stuff like that. So the downside for me is time and they're also pretty pricey, but, uh, maybe a worthwhile cost to bear given how things, uh, crazy things are. I will say, uh, we just enjoy going to the range maybe every couple of weeks or maybe once she, she likes to go maybe once a month when the weather's nice. And, um, uh, just through having fun at the range and just shooting steel, she has become a much better shot. I was admiring last week, last time we went shooting was 4th of July. She was shooting the AK, which is that's, that's a good punch on that AK. And she was hitting steel yeah. every time. So yeah. I've become very proud, uh, fiance. And I know it's one thing to have fun at the range and just, you know, shoot a, a foot wide target for fun while you're kind of messing around another when it's a home invasion situation and the adrenaline is pumping and you have life or death uh choices being presented to you but um <laughs> she's texting me pew pew she's very happy uh but yeah i i think um in, in lieu of that even if you're not taking serious tactical training just comfort with firearms understanding how to operate them understanding how to how to fire off a quick shot if you have to with reasonable accuracy just being decently proficient in the way that you said is so much better than having no knowledge whatsoever. So maybe I'll get more serious as far as I'm concerned, be able to land a decent shot and have a, have a kit ready to go. If you had to move, I think that's uh, yep. I think that's good enough preparation for my concerns right now. This is from Dan. Uh, could communism and by extension, socialism and Nazism uh, even have been invented by someone who wasn't German. Um, conversely, could the United States even have been conceptualized without the English language hmm. with all the culture and history in which it is steeped? And could there be something unique about the structure and syntax of these two languages from the same language family, mind you, that allow for such extremes? Um, the first question, communism and socialism and Nazism, I think that, of course, these um, would have eventually come out of other nations and have in many forms and like the the idea of collective farming and things like that uh in many ways it's uh it's logical and that's how communists always try to get you they're like well what about communal living they'll talk about how it works in certain areas always homogenous societies and like five people who live there yeah 
And yeah, it's like, well, it works in Sweden. It's like, well, you know, everybody there is white and believes the same thing as of 1960 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that definitely would have emerged somewhere else. Uh, could the United States have been conceptualized that the English language? This is a, this is another one. I think probably not. Well, definitely not without English philosophy. That is the yeah. question. Like, is the, was the philosophy possible without the language? Listen, it all came from England. So could it have come from somewhere? That's a difficult hypothetical, but the language and the philosophy came from England. I don't know. And judging by the trajectory of the world since, it doesn't seem like the rest of the world is particularly interested in adopting uh, certainly the philosophy, the language debatable, but certainly the philosophy. It doesn't seem to be winning a lot of intellectual battles lately, much to my chagrin. Uh, and could there be something unique about the structure and syntax of these two languages that allow for such extremes? Um, I actually don't think it's as important and as central to the philosophies as maybe as maybe Dan does. I mean, uh, languages are Latin based languages do have a pretty wide array of diversity. And then look at um, languages like Mandarin, which are, are entirely different and they still manage to be fucking commies. Right. Yeah, I just have to hear more about what the connection could be. What would be the unique elements of the English language that would have made the philosophy uniquely possible through that language? I just don't know enough about other languages to opine or to guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that English has as many characters and as many words as many other Latin based languages. Hmm. I might be wrong. Well, that would, I think it has more than Spanish, but fewer. Than yeah, French. I would I would have guessed the opposite. Like, is it that that English has such specificity that it was possible to articulate very complex specific ideas, but maybe that's not the case. I don't know. Am I wrong about that? In, in the live chat, do we have fewer words than French, but more than Spanish? Did I just make that up? It's possible. Hmm. Um, okay. This is another uh, different Dan. Dan. Yeah. Hi guys. I know you're focused on domestic politics, but do you think the public has been so gaslit by the media on the bunk Russian narratives? that they now have no curiosity or appetite for how China is using or used its soft power to undermine Western institutions. Ding, ding, ding. Mm. I think that that is um, on the nose. I think that's exactly it. I will agree with that. Fair enough. Huh. Thank you, Dan. We have far more words than any other language. So it'd be, it would be that case, that you have much more specifics available, if that's true. I guess that's true. I guess I did pull this out of my ass. Hmm. Um, 400,000 words. Hmm. James huh. says, Matt, thank you for your kind words and thoughtful suggestions last week to my question about becoming comfortable with my wife. This is James from last week. Well, thank you, James, for following up and thank Ooh. you for being a good sport. <laughs> I, I, oh, no. know, I know that you were kind of given a rough treatment and I appreciate this is this is the thing I'll say about guys like James, too. I know. I know you like to give him a hard time about the way some of that was phrased. However, self-defense uh, and self-defense rights are so important that anyone who is available to come around to them, I really think we got to do a good job of being welcoming and inclusive to them. I stand by what I said. <laughs> I'm just glad James is a good sport because that's his side. His of wife the sounds cool too. Yeah. She didn't, she wasn't nearly as pissed off as I expected either of them to be. Uh, tonight, my question comes from my wife, Jen Jennifer and is for blonde. So, there you go. She's very cool. She says, as a first-time gun owner uh, and a mother with two small children, would you guys suggest 
Uh, what would you guys suggest? Or what would you suggest rather for a concealed carry weapon? My concern is using it in the house. If it, uh, if the need arises, I'm worried about shooting through walls and injuring my husband or children. Your thoughts would be appreciated. And as a side note, my husband is a hard worker, supportive partner, and wonderful father. I would never deny him over something as trivial, trivial as hoplophobia. Is that, that's a, I didn't know there was a term for that must, I presume that means fearing guns. Let's uh, yeah, something like that. Let's see. Does she mean deny him like sexually? I think that didn't you say something for like those that? of you that didn't watch last week, yeah. we have this married couple and the man has a fear of guns and the wife is a first time gun owner. And I may or may not have said that if he ever wants her to <laughs> handle his dick again, that he needs to learn how to handle a weapon. So his question last week was, how do I get over this without handling a weapon? And I was like, oh, bro, yeah. you're, you're not you're not going to get out of handling a weapon. That's the only way to get over a fear of guns. Um, so maybe I was a little hard. I, know. I, I have no doubt that he's like not a, a good man. I'm just saying that biologically, there's something in us that wants to reject men that we perceive as unable to protect us. Hmm. Um, and if I saw my husband like accidentally discharge or something, I'd be like, ooh, <laughs> like gross. Stock way down. Yeah, yeah stock down. Um, so my answer to this, I am not the great gun mind that skag, but my answer in this situation, because I am barely proficient in firearms is, is going to be to get a shotgun. I mean, in, in a home defense situation, if you're not a good shot, you can fuck somebody up with that. You can just blow their head off. But if what you're worried about is shooting through the wall and shooting somebody else, then I would suggest something that's like a little hand cannon, like the 38 special that I have, Mm. um, the accuracy at the range terrible but in a home defense situation it would be totally fine and i'm pretty sure i could land a shot in somebody's trunk region at like 10 feet uh 12 gauge buckshot is definitely my choice for home defense absolutely Uh, for the reasons you're talking about that it's it's uh specifically with with penetrating uh walls and you don't want to send a round somewhere it doesn't belong you don't want to be responsible for that round that might hit someone else in your house or go over to the neighbor's house or anything like that however the the only reason I would caution against it is she says concealed carry weapon. So you're not going to, if you're, if your aim is to carry, if oh, you want to, okay. you could carry that, you could carry a 38 special in your person for sure. It's so tiny. It's- uh, if, if, um, if you are interested in picking up like a semi-automatic pistol, as I've said before, for, for a female frame, it might be a little bit big, but if I'm picking up a one gun to do it all and never fail in the form of a handgun, I'm going with the Glock 19. Uh, it that thing, as I've said, it not the prettiest gun I own, but it never it runs every ammo ever. It's accurate. It's easy to use. It's easy to maintain. Put some hollow points in there. It's not you're not going to have over penetration issues. You could uh, I don't know how big your frame is, but if you needed to go down a size, Glock does offer uh, subcompact guns, really really small guns. You could even go down to a 380 if you wanted, and that would be viable for for. Uh, carrying on your person and for home defense as well. That that's and then that's we have what a Sig Sauer. It's a P two twenty nine. Is that right? Uh, I'm not a great Sig mind, but I know they're the the three sixty five is usually like the most popular uh, carry gun. I don't know the two two nine. What's that about? Uh, I think that's it. Um, I like shooting that gun. The recoil is not so bad. It's pretty big though. Yeah, it looks kind of like a, like a nineteen eleven type design. Uh, and then I like our 1911. What uh, what what caliber is that 229? And you know, I don't know. Let's see. They got it in a bunch of calibers. Anyway, 
good luck with your decision making. And thanks. Uh, so thanks. Uh, that's wife, Jennifer. Thank you. And thanks to James again for being a good sport. Sorry, James. That is from Nick. Yeah. I was initially quite bothered by the attention being paid to Chris David by Frito Cuomo and others calling him a hero and a badass for just standing still at a Portland protest while he allowed federal agents to beat him for at most 10 seconds before he retreated. Less than 48 hours later, he was old news. So no big deal. Your thoughts. I don't, I don't know anything about the story. I actually, okay. I have to read it again. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm confused. I was quite bothered by the attention being paid to Chris David by Fredo Cuomo and others calling him a hero and a badass for just standing still. Oh, I, I didn't even see this. So they must have beat up a guy before he retreated. Yeah, this, less than 48 hours. It's old news. So no big deal. I, it's so fast in the news cycle. I don't even think I caught this. This must have been some aspect of the Portland protest that I missed. So I'm sorry for missing it. It must have been right I'm around sorry. the time that that weird chick spread her legs to flash all those cops. You see her. She was exceptionally good looking. though. Was she? That's that's weird. I didn't see. Usually she had like a really nice pair of boots, like perfect. Wow. Boots. Usually women um, who are doing that sort of thing are uh, are grotesque, physically grotesque. She had like an, an amazing, amazing body. Yeah. OK, well, I'm sorry I missed that episode, uh, Nick. If you uh, <laughs> I feel bad when I know absolutely nothing about the question, but if you have information on it or I could just look it up right now, definitely send me an email. Um, if you want to move into super chat, if you're, if you're sticking with us, I can take Who a the look last? really quick. I left off or where did we la- leave off? Uh, we, I'm looking at, I think we left off at evil zombie toe. I know we read the one about Tim Pool's stream. Oh, cool. Yeah. Evil zombie toe, a friendly reminder that every pride flag has a thin blue line showing their inherent support of our brave police officers, <laughs> even the personal color one. <laughs> Thank That's you. Funny. Uh, Alberto commit Carmeno. Germano. Uh, it sucks that people are going to jail for defending themselves. I'm an OTR truck driver and thinking about getting gun for self-defense. Do you have any advice? If a situation occurs, what is the best way to handle a threat? Uh, this is a SCAD question, but I mean, first brandish your weapon i don't know much about truck defense you got to talk to talk to trucker guys because maybe there's uh something unique about that that uh, i i'm not keen on that might change your opinion but um in general what i would say if, if you're coming into this fresh if you're like buying a firearm for the first time don't necessarily take what as far as specific guns what i would say what you need to do is find you have a couple options find a friend who knows a little bit and see if you can borrow, go shooting with them, borrow some guns, see what works for you as far as feel and what you're, what you're decent, a decent shot with. Or go to a range where you can rent a bunch of guns and just work with the staff there and be like, listen, I know basically nothing. Here's kind of the purpose that I'm looking. Oh, they'll love that. Yeah, yeah. They, that's what they get paid to do and they love to do it. That's why they're work, they work there. So don't listen to me to tell you to buy a specific gun because what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you. Find a friend or go to the range. Go to the range and talk to the guy. Spend some time there. Figure out what works for you and, and work from there. Good luck uh, in your journey into self-defense. Um, this is Jason Minard. I have no idea how much money this is, but it looks like a lot of money. Okay, we'll go with that. I have nothing useful to say tonight. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for Thanks. tuning in. Brett Jason. Kester, based on my math, the pullout method is 100% effective. <laughs> I've had zero girlfriends times 100 prospective sexual encounters. 100 times zero is win. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> it's a sex um, ed Matt Wilkerson. Yeah, really. I've been having unprotected sex several times a week for 10 years and I have no kids. 
just use whatever I've been doing. Doc says I'm <laughs> It's the bad luck method of birth control or good luck, depending on what's going yeah. on. Um, John Landschultz. What are your thoughts on city flight and states enforcing their borders? I'm concerned about Texas, other red battleground states turning blue from people who ruined California to repeat their mistakes. Um, I'm in the same boat. We're both in the same boat. I've put a lot of thoughts on this. That's why I'm skeptical of all the California plates around here. Who are you? Are you a refugee of that hellhole? Are you some? Are you someone right. who's coming here to change Montana into the place you left? Um, I wonder what uh, the lawyers could answer this question for me, but would it be a reasonable compromise? We've talked about this before for states to say, listen, when you become a resident of our state, there's a two-year gap in your voting or something like that. I think it's a fair ask to, and, and maybe maybe you can vote in federal elections. I, I don't know. You'd have to figure this out. But in terms of local representation especially, I think it's a fair ask to come and assimilate, God damn it, <laughs> just like anybody else. But I say that to myself too. Like if I, if I moved to California tomorrow, some circumstance made that a rational choice for me. Why should I be able to go into California tomorrow and just vote for whatever bullshit I want to vote for yeah, against exactly. the will of the people? That doesn't seem right to me. So interstate five years, no voting. If you move from another country, no voting ever under any circumstances. Could states set their own rules on this or would that violate the guarantee of a Republican form of government or whatever the Constitution says? It what probably are, would. What are the rules on this? Yeah, but if you're if we're suspending interstate travel which seems to be what's happening now. And yeah. I don't see why this can't be some extension of that. They're certainly, they're, they're more of a threat than coronavirus. Way more. Californians are so much worse than They probably have coronavirus, first of all, and they're going to vote the wrong way. We're both, we both were residents of California, so. Yeah, until I wised up. I was only there for two <laughs> years. I, I was born in California and lived there a bunch. Yeah. And my parents grew up there, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to give them the, uh, you know, my mom was telling me about how like she watched people come in and ruin California. So now she's going to go to whatever the fuck state she wants. And I understand that perspective too. Yeah. Like I shouldn't be so sour on California. If they're not all pieces of shit. Um, some of them are actually, well, keep in mind, there's no state has more conservatives and or Republicans than California. Think of it that way. That's true. Which is an odd way and to think about it, but it's true. Yeah. You have to think about like all the people in San Diego, all the military people, all the people in Sacramento, and there are huge rural swaths all over California. Yeah. It's a giant state. I have no problem with those people coming here. Just uh, stop voting for the same crap that ruined California when you do. Righto. Uh, Black magic. The main difference between men and women is that men will stand up for their rights and property. Women, will they just, well, they just batch? Bitch, and probably. Batch? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yes. Substitute I for yeah. A. There we go. Hashtag she votes for he repeal the 19th um i like that better she votes for why he. wouldn't it be he votes for she, she votes for she yeah you're you're yeah. onto something though that's catchy i like it that that is what we were missing with the hashtag proxy vote or yeah proxy. yeah no husband proxy would yeah be. he votes for she is a good one and it sounds progressive that's that's why it's good too. it does sound progressive yeah we can like do a uh uh, switcheroo like they did with the Jewish privilege hashtag where it wasn't what I thought it was going to be oh, yeah. when I got on Twitter. That was a weird one. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, the, the Brat, 1983. AG in St. Louis couple case tampered with evidence by having cops reassemble pistols so it fired correctly because it turns out couple purposely had firing pin backwards for a previous case. I, yeah, I've, I heard the headline level of this and I got to look into it. it. We'll talk about it on Sunday. I wasn't too. sure if it was incompetence or if they had, if, if this is correct, then they had purposefully assembled their firearm incorrectly whatever the case if if 
improper assembly actually gets them off, that'll be hilarious and ironic. Though they shouldn't, that shouldn't be an issue in a just world, but perhaps it will be. Uh, Godzilla 2K6, 2K26 says only mechanical action, mask filter viruses, passive filtration has no effect. That sounds like a lot of scientific mask knowledge beyond what I have. Um, Elatus, a big donation. Thank you, sir. Or man. Uh, Matt and Blonde, on abortion, even at the exchange level, men contribute most of the taxes in civilization sustaining labor. Shouldn't there be some expectation of citizen production from the other half? Where's the line between individual liberty and duty to your nation? Uh, thank you for supporting the show. I am not going to be niggardly. Shut up, Bernie. Why is that going off? All right. <laughs> okay, wait. Um, I have, I'm not sure what this is. I'm a little asking. lost on this one. Even at the exchange level, men contribute most of the taxes and civilization sustaining labor. Okay. Shouldn't there be some expectation of citizen production from the other half, meaning women, right? Where's the line between individual liberty and duty to nation? Well, I, I don't know that it's a duty to nation concept for me so much as it is just you have created a biologically distinct human life and therefore have an obligation to not to snuff it out in the same way you have an obligation not to strangle your brother or your sister simply because they annoy you. That's um, that's that's the perspective that I come from. I've not thought about this in a, I got a on a gut level. I'm a little less sympathetic to the idea that you need to carry that baby to term because it's your obligation to society. I think it's your obligation to that life, not necessarily to society. But maybe there's an argument that I'm not aware of. Uh, happy to I happy to take an email. Do on agree. It. Speaking of uh, biological, um, what's the word I'm looking for? My brain does not imperatives. Work Biological yes, obligations. I, I do hear the baby crying. I'm going to go feed her. I'll try to be back before sure, I'll, you are done. I'll run through these and uh, we'll, we'll check back in a minute. And if I am not, no, I'm not naked. You guys, I have to wear this tube top for breastfeeding because <laughs> you can just pop the boob out. Um, if I'm not back before you guys are done, because it looks like we only have about 10 left, then thank you for your patience. When I breastfeed my baby, I really appreciate everybody being so nice about this. Um, and I will see you on Sunday. All right. Have a good night if I don't uh, catch up with you. And uh, thanks for your patience, guys. Hopping over to DLive for just a moment. Teasing us, uh, ETC says teasing us with the, uh, there we go. Teasing us with the four-hour streams, please make it so. <laughs> My brain can only do so much. And as you can tell, once we hit the two-hour mark, it kind of turns to mush, to be honest. But never say never. You know, maybe in the future with a little bit of, um, if I ever if I ever make the, the big leap to get some studio space and a little bit of, uh, a little bit of help, Never say never. You never know. So I appreciate the encouragement. Thank you. Big Armada uh, 1988 says, I'm not anti-mask. I'm anti-mask and lockdown mandates. It, I was already taking my own precautions against the virus before the government decided to put these mandates in place. Didn't need the government to tell me to do so. I uh, I agree. And if, if, the, if the initial ask would have been, listen, we think that masks might have some kind of uh, positive effect and so rather than go as draconian as just locking, putting everyone on, on soft house arrest, we're going to make the ask that you wear these masks in public with the acknowledgement that the evidence is kind of mixed. Uh, we, we just don't know. It's a big mystery. This is what we're asking people to do. I would have been much more sympathetic to it at the time. But now, now we went through all of that lockdown bullshit and suddenly masks are the cure-all, which to me implies that the lockdowns were either not effective or 
least not the most effective thing to do and were a total waste of time. That is to say, why couldn't we have just been masked that whole time? And since your judgment was botched then and it was sold to us as the obviously right wise thing to do, why should I trust your judgment on the obviously right wise thing to do now? I think I will reserve that judgment for myself as I want to preserve for everybody else too. So I agree. Thank you for the insight. Uh, Marie X says, masking takes away our humanity. Research the power of a smile, especially when exchanged between two strangers. Also, asking or mouthing for help in public, uh, in public sex trafficking is rampant. We need to resist. I agree that there's so much subtlety to a person's face that it, uh, it does make everyone into sort of a conformed robot type thing. It removes the subtle signals that we all have to each other in normal day-to-day interaction. So hopefully this is uh hopefully people's patience with this is going to wear thin quickly. Cause uh, I, I would like to see it. Uh, I would like to see it fade out rather soon. Steven Suarez says all these riots and commies in government, do we need a Batman to save us? Or do we need uh Frank Castle and Electra? FYI, they kill criminals. Uh, I have to, I have to Google this, Steven. I am, I uh, I don't even know who these people are, but I'm not a great comic mind. Is this a Punisher thing? I see Daredevil versus Punisher versus Elektra. So I guess it must be a Punisher thing. My apologies uh, for, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not always keenly aware on all of these things as soon as they're presented to me. But the spirit of the question is, d- yeah, do we need... Do we, oh, I, I see what you're saying. Because Batman, that's what I've always loved about Batman. Batman will beat the shit out of a criminal, but he's morally opposed to killing them, even though they're out on the street killing people. Yes. Um, do we need a, a, a like? Do we need a, a, a morally responsible hero, or do we need someone just to raise hell? Well, as uh, as the Batman caller was getting at earlier tonight, uh, I I think that. We do need extremely strong deterrence. I, I don't want to go full team tread on them because obviously I don't want to violate the rights of anybody. But when you march into a neighborhood or into some downtown environment with the intent to violate the rights of everybody there, I want the response against you to be overwhelming and strong. I want immediate regret for the choices that you've made. So when you threaten other people's lives, either by explicit words or through your actions, at that point, you you forfeit your right to life. That is that is the way that that works. If you break into someone else's home, uh, you, you I don't see a problem with that person using lethal force against you. If you start threatening them with uh, with threats against their lives, like they allegedly did the McCloskeys, you're lucky to get out of that situation without lethal force used against you. So when you start playing the games that they're playing, I, I, you get what's coming to you. And that's defensive, Susan. That is perfectly morally square. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, Laurel says, tons of news. Three Gorges Dam about to burst and destroy 29% of China's crops. YLF protests planned across the country this weekend. That's the, uh, isn't that the black nationalist uh, group? And they're going to, oh, possible. Uh, oh, that's NFAC is the black nationalist group. 3% clash in Louisville bank run in china prep now well i hope that you got your supplies prepped pre-coronavirus or at least early stage of coronavirus if you're trying to prep these days god help you 
It's uh, it's always better to better late than never. So uh, I certainly share your concern, Laurel. Thanks, Emmy. Emma Murdy says, uh, "Blonde, your eye rolls and black pill attitude is exactly how I feel right now. I see less and less hope for Canada." Get on Instagram. I think Blonde Blonde may have been. She was on Instagram, but I think she deleted it because she didn't enjoy it. If she comes back, I'll, I'll highlight this one to return to. I'm sorry about her absence right now, but thanks for patience. Uh, I, I, I'm sure Blonde would be banned on Instagram by probably her third post, but uh, we'll see what she has to say about it. Thanks, Emma. Marbo93 says, haven't been able to contribute lately, but tuned in every week. I pray for you and your families every day. Well, thank you. I admire you two tremendously. That's very kind of you, Blonde. I'm also praying for your Catholic faith. Your struggle is near to my heart well that's very kind of you and i will uh i will forward the message thank you for supporting the show marbo very cool of you and all the best uh, reality lobster says uh do you think that this is a china psyop virus uh and is not bad they make a fake cover-up to get the u.s media to attack trump this is art of war tactic use white guilt and bias news to weaken the u.s the USA so we can fight. Hey, uh, it would not surprise me to see a communist Chinese party, democratic party alliance that w- that would not uh, surprise me at all to see. I, ex- I understand forwarding those ideas makes me sound like a, uh, a Russia collusion conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying that I know that this is happening. Of course, I'm just saying I wouldn't put it past the Demo- today's democratic party to partner with the communist Chinese to own Trump. Certainly something I could see happening in reality. Teo says, Libertarian uh, leave me aloneism is how boomer fathers failed. Men need uh, to step in and discipline their wives. Wives will in turn discipline their children, make patriarchy great again. That's an interesting perspective. And when I say leave me alone, don't misunderstand, at least for me, I'm not saying hyper individualism to the point that I say to my family, leave me alone. I certainly understand and want to um, contribute what is necessary to my family. I mean, fundamentally by that statement too. leave my family alone. The, uh, the individual and the family unit are the, are the building blocks of, uh, of society. And, and certainly I, I don't think that really any moral libertarian would advocate the, uh, the abandonment of one's own obligation to family for sure. Uh, Bill biz says, I can't believe Seattle married uh, Seattle mayor Durkin went on CNN to complain about the feds being sent to Seattle and Portland after she did nothing. I live in Bainbridge, but that may not be far enough. Love the way Coeur d'Alene handled protests. Uh, I, I didn't follow that super closely. I know there were some, there were some militia guys, right. Who were like just on watch. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. The Pacific Northwest is, it sounds like a lost cause. So if you're able to, uh, if you're able to consider a move, might might be a good time. Good luck. Jay Edgar says, I said to hell with the NFL and the Packers over the Kaepernick wokeness. Now the Red Sox just put Black Lives Matter on Fenway. I guess I'll have to learn how hockey works. Fuck my life. I'm in the same boat with you, man. Uh, I I watched the Giants. We'll talk about this on Sunday. The Giants, San Francisco Giants kneeling for the anthem in masks. And then uh, Major League Baseball's Twitter account uh celebrating this and of course you got what's going on with the nfl i this is the year that i that i'm out on the nfl after having watched for all of my adult life and most of my childhood when i wasn't heartbroken by vikings losses but baseball is doing it too and i have to as someone who still loves the sport and still loves to watch excellence in those sports and appreciates the strategy of those sports loves everything about those games i don't 
want to watch an anti-America show or pre-show to my sports. Sports are about escapism from politics, escapism from uh, from everyday life, and they're about a competitive environment where it's a pure meritocracy. That's one of the best things about sports, too. It doesn't matter if you're black or white or Asian or whatever you are. The best person at the game wins, period. That's how it ought to be. And now it's a bunch of woke crap about uh, all the uh, all the progressive politics of the day. I'm out on that. I, I And I'm not going back until these things are depoliticized, but that's probably not going to happen. Darlene uh, says, I'm late. Have you seen the picture of the Black Lives Matter activist kneeling on the toddler's neck, mother dating the guy, father majority custody? Grandma said he better not show his face around her trying to get mom's custody revoked. I only heard a friend, uh, not a friend, my fiance, explain this to me earlier. And when she explained it, I thought it, it sounded like a joke to me. Like it sounded like a gag photo. But now that I'm hearing the story more completely, it sounds like this was actually a uh, an abusive treatment against this toddler. So I I'm certainly going to look into it when the stream's over and uh, perhaps we'll talk about it on Sunday. Thank you, Darlene. Robert Franklin says blonde. Would you ever say, um, what would you say is the ratio of history versus propaganda in Europa? The last battle also, which Bible version would you recommend? I feel, um, myself being pulled towards religion, but don't want to say any of the SJW BS. I'm sorry that she's not available. She's not here right now to answer that. I, um, I'll tell you what, Robert, if she is not back by the time I'm done, I'm going to drop this in call-in show questions for next week, just in case we don't get back to it. So if, uh, if you don't hear an answer tonight, please check back in the show next week and I will get you an answer then. Okay. I, I, I apologize for the, uh, for the inconvenience there. And thank you for your patience. Bananas says going to jail for having vanilla extract in my French toast, which is triggered which triggered my ankle monitor for a, after a DUI. No surprise the cops who enforce insane laws violate their oaths to the Constitution. Thanks, Washington. Well, that's a very odd situation. Why don't you just um, just claim you have coronavirus and that's a get-out-of-jail-free card, is it not? Good luck with, uh, with that one. Thank you for supporting. Squirrel says, I had many things I wanted to say tonight, but alas, I will only say this. The, the who is a Mongolian... The H-U. The who as in... HU is a Mongolian metal band. I highly recommend saw them in Toronto. That's a funny name. Fisher says, Matt regarding the cost of training. Remember in a gunfight, you'll never wish you had, you had trained less or bought cheaper ammunition. Certainly. Um, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be underprepared. Of course, I guess what I get worried about is like, I, I like watching doomsday preppers as a great show. Highly entertaining. However, I feel like a, the, the where the doomsday preppers probably go wrong is, in my opinion, they are sacrificing their quality of life today in pursuit of extreme preparedness tomorrow. Obviously, I think we live in a time where preparedness is of high value, and I'm doing everything I can to be as prepared as I can without compromising our quality of life today. And that's part of it is the, the situation that I'm into. We got the wedding coming up. After that, we're you know we're gonna we're gonna be trying to have kids sometime in the near future. All of that preparedness certainly helps to build a household and a family. However, I really gotta prioritize my spending, and the cost of the training certainly could probably better be used uh, for for quality of life things uh, that we have coming up very soon. But your point is taken, and I certainly don't want to be 
uh, caught off guard or caught totally unprepared. I, I hope I will not be, and I'm working toward it. John Martin says, great national philosophies as foundational structures. Uh, I think you're forgetting Wakanda, of course. Of course, absolutely. Laurel says, Middle English was a complete language. Then there was the Norman invasion from France, and everyone learned French. Middle English and French merged to create modern English with double vocabulary. So that would that would explain the word count, I suppose, that we were talking about earlier. Thank you, Laurel. Rainer Chen says, as your, uh, I never know how to say this, Baizu, Baizu expert, I can tell you basic comedy ideals are present in the the Asian culture or Chinese culture as well. But that makes it dangerous. Or, but what makes it dangerous is the Western tradition of philosophy, which weaponized it as an ideology. Okay, interesting. Thank you. Refresh here. I think we're about uh, finished up, but let's uh, let's catch up with a few here. Dangerous Spaces says, didn't get in tonight, so I wanted to support in whatever way I can. I cleaned up the call-in list. As always, donating some shackles to stay well. well. I appreciate that effort from you, man. It does make it easier for everyone navigating the show. And thank you, as always. And, of course, thank you for your support. Have a good day down under Austin Olson says I'm an over the road trucker who carries, make sure your legal carry. Oh, make sure you're legal to carry in any state you drive through and make, make the company you drive, make sure the company you drive for doesn't have policies against firearms. That's another thing I hadn't considered. Obviously carrying on your person is an issue across state lines, but sometimes even carrying in your truck. And I say that just meaning car period. Like when I would, when I, when I have to go to California, I have carried a firearm a few times. I can't carry it on my person, obviously. But even if you want it in your car, like, for example, I'm driving to Nevada and maybe I could carry there. It's got to be locked in your trunk and the ammo has to be separate. The, the rules in the commie states on even having a car in your vehicle or having a, a gun in your vehicle are very, very strict. So, of course, brush up on your law anytime you cross state lines. That's great advice. Darlene says, uh, stand and look at Michigan for a great video on masks or stand, look at stand up Michigan for a great video on masks by two OSHA trainers of trainers. Uh, sure. Send it my way. If, uh, if it's valuable information, thank you, Darlene. Uh, that will take care of it on YouTube. We're good over on D live. Let me catch up with uh Streamlabs guys. If we have any over there. Just a couple. Kim says, hey, Blonde, I was wondering, do you have a P.O. box or what was the best way to send something to you? Thank you. I love what you guys do. Uh, if you're looking to <clears throat> thanks. Thanks for supporting the show. If you're looking to send a physical item that can be arranged through uh, my P.O. box for the business. So just send me an email and we can make that happen. I will say to anyone who ever wants to send Blonde a physical item, please uh, get in touch with me first, just because we facilitate it through the P.O. box that I have. And so as if I know the package is coming and I know it's for her and it's labeled for her, that'll prevent me from opening it up accidentally and having to repackage the whole thing and dealing with that mess. So if you can just send me an email, I can, uh, I can help you arrange for that. Admiral Gundar says, Hey, blonde and Matt with cases of depression and suicide popping up across the country. How do you guys think we should deal with crippling loneliness when majority of friends and family are too afraid to meet in person because of the virus? Great question. And that's another unfortunate, uh, Man, another unfortunate reality in terms of how we've decided to operate in this world. I suppose in that setting, you really, if you have family that refuse to meet in person or friends who refuse to meet in person because they they buy into this or they're very concerned about all of this, you got to do what you got to do, which is a digital means of communication. Um, But 
I would say that whether you're going to meet in person or whether you're going to meet online virtually, you're going to have to make that effort. Probably if you're feeling lonely and you're feeling like you're not getting enough social interaction, take it up, take it upon yourself and, and, and get in touch with those people and really try to be assertive in making those sorts of arrangements. It's tough to do when you're having that feeling because you don't want to, you don't want to be a burden. You don't want to be intruding on people. I get it. I'm, I'm exactly the same way. But if those people really care about you and if those people are, are, are good friends or good family, I would just be honest with them and say, uh, listen, this whole coronavirus situation has me feeling really weird. I feel very isolated. I feel like I'm not getting enough interaction, like I'm off of my own planet. And uh, I just need somebody to chat with or hang out with or talk to. Uh, make that move. Make that move and don't let it don't let it worsen in your own mind. Don't let the isolation get to you and and find a good friend. And I would say too, if if you're a person who has trouble, or maybe you don't have family to go to, maybe you don't have a good friend that you can go to. That's one reason why I love having the community that we have here too. And uh, I appreciate you guys so much for that. I know there's so many good friendships that have been forged through this show and through this server and uh, and you know, I I used to think internet friends were for nerds, frankly, when I was younger. Um, but uh, but now all my best friends are on the internet. So never count out internet communities as an option too. I know it's not ideal. I know that we should all be the natural thing for us as humans is to meeting in is to be meeting in person and seeing people smile in exactly the way the chatter described earlier. But we live in the world that we live in right now, as unjust as it may be, as wrong as it may be. So we're going to have to work with what we can and uh, make those moves and and get in touch with people and uh, and stay sane. Thanks. Thanks for that. And thanks for supporting the show. We are all set. So, again, I appreciate the patience tonight, guys, with Blonde's availability. I will um, I will return to the question that was uh, left over for her next week. Thanks for patience on that. Uh, as far as what's coming up on Sunday, man, I'm sure we'll get into this McCloskey stuff. There's all sorts of interesting angles there. What else did I put in the notes? Stuff I want to talk about. I, uh, Maxine Waters down in California intervened with a cop who had pulled over a black person. That was a, pr- a pretty hilarious encounter. I definitely want to talk about how the woke sports and how this is getting absolutely insane. And um, And of course, in Minneapolis, a pawn shop that was burned by the rioters, a body was found inside. Peaceful protests galore. Catch you then.